Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, today we're debating whether or not the Quran is scientific and we are starting right now with Finding Truth's opening statement. Thanks so much for being with us. Finding Truth, the floor is all yours. All right, so uh, thank you, to, uh, thank you, James. Um, for those who don't know me, so my name is Ahmed Aishra, and um, uh, I have my Finding Truth channel, and it's about uh, science, religion, and uh, philosophy. And uh, thank you, James, for having me, and thank you, Tom, for for being here. And the subject is uh, whether the Quran is scientific. So um, I, I would like to to start by saying this: the Quran is not a book of science. The Qur'an is a book of guidance. So the primary objective of the Qur'an is to guide people through their life uh, by adopting the proper behavior that will uh, cause them to um, have the proper result of this life, which is essentially going to paradise rather than going to hell. Um, However, for them to do that, they will need first to accept that the Qur'an is a book uh, from God. Uh, the name of God in Arabic is Allah. So they, have to, they need to accept that the Qur'an is a book from Allah, which means that uh, Prophet Muhammad is a prophet from Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's, uh, if you accept one, you accept the other one. So the Qur'an has many objectives to achieve. One of them is to prove its own authenticity. And then, after you have accepted the Qur'an as an authentic message, um, then it has the objective of guiding you uh, through your life, correcting your behavior, purifying your uh, self, and um, pushing you to be a better person. Um, Having said that, the Qur'an is is not a book of science. The Qur'an has been revealed, revealed in the time of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, in an environment where he was calling people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who were not interested in science. So the the Arabs in Mecca and the Arabs in the um, uh, Jazeera, in the uh, Arab Peninsula, uh, where it it was not one of their virtues that at that point of time, they were uh, specifically versed uh, in science. Uh, They were specifically uh, versed in uh, language. So they cherished their language They cherished poetry. They used it as their uh, medium for spreading news and for recording their history and for many other things. So the Quran directly head to head challenged them in the best thing that they uh, uh, um, uh, uh, held pride in, which is linguistics. Um, it, It challenged them to produce a book like the Quran. Um, which they uh, submitted that they couldn't. Uh, Yet the Qur'an is not a book that is revealed to certain people at a certain place at a certain uh, point in time. So having said that, and the Qur'an being sent from Allah, who is the all-knowing, all-powerful, in the design of the Qur'an, uh, the Quran is designed to be able to address people any place, any time. 
since the time of the message until judgment day, which includes this time of ours. So now the author of the Quran has, has this problem that he needs to solve. Uh, let's, let's give this parable. You need to be Einstein. You need to go into a class where people are in, I don't know, primary stage, third grade, and give them the one speech that will explain natural philosophy to them, or that will explain physics to them, or that will relate their life to science. And they're taking notes. But you have the problem that you need to give them this one speech that will be of benefit to them at third grade, at fourth grade, at high school, in university, and in postgraduate. And to the extent that they have understood later in their life, special and general relativity, they can still relate to the notes that they took 20 or 30 or 40 years ago. So the Quran was a book that was revealed to humanity in its infancy in relevance to science. However, it, it does strange things. So number one, the Quran makes a specific claim uh, at the very outset of the Quran in the order of recitation that it has no mistakes. In Surah Al-Baqarah, which is the second surah after Al-Fatiha, which is the opener, which is the small surah, seven ayahs, the second one is a big one. It says, Alif Lam Mim, Dharika Al-Kitabu La Raiba Fi. Alif Lam Mim, this book, uh, there is no doubt in it. Hudan Lil Muttaqeen, guidance to the pious. So the Quran starts almost at its very outset by saying there, is no, there are no mistakes in this book. When somebody, when an author says that and the Quran within its text addresses issues that can really be related to nature or to science, it is essentially a claim that you cannot find a scientific error in the Quran. The Quran also within its text um, uses this, uh, I have tried to frame it in my own words in English. It says this, um, and if it, it refers to the book, um, was from anybody but Allah, they would have found many differences in it. And um, it, it, it's referring to contradictions. If this book, as big as it is, addressing the so many vast topics that it is addressing, um, uh, it is essentially laying down the following inference. So premise one, human work has mistakes and contradictions, but God's work doesn't. Premise two, the Quran does not have such mistakes and contradictions. And hence the uh, conclusion it wants, to, wants you to reach that if you can go through the Quran, which is in the modern print is like 600 and something pages, and you cannot find a mistake or a contradiction, then you should reach the conclusion that this book can only be from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now to achieve this mission, the Quran uses language that is sophisticated language. It uses different layers of meaning. So it gives the audience who can be at third grade and, and, and listen to it, meanings that can relate to their life and to their level of understanding of science. And they can make benefit of it. And when they refer back to their notes when they are in high school, they can see further meaning in it. And when they see their notes in college and in postgrad and in their general life, and when the space, new space telescope returns images to Earth, they can still relate to their notes and understand more and more every time. And this is when Muslims refer to the scientific miracle of the Quran, they are not referring to science having miracles. They are referring to the fact that the Quran addresses 
issues of nature and issues that can be uncovered by science through time in a way where statements that are made can be understood to be consistent with science as science advances. Another thing that the Quran does is that it pushes Muslims to research and to look into issues of nature, to look into the complex issues of nature, to look into the hidden and far away and minute issues of nature, because it challenges them that uh, when they do that, it will show them that the message of Islam is true through showing them that the Quran is true. So it says that there are topics in nature that when you are going to research, you will either resolve that this universe cannot be there except by a creator or that the creator is indeed the one who has sent the message of Islam or actually both. Um, having said all of that, my personal experience is, um, so just a little bit about me. So I'm an electronics and communications engineer with a major in computer and control. I did my master's courses in computer uh, and control. And I also did a master's of business and I studied Islamic Dawa. So as a person, I spent also 30 plus years career in, in computer systems, implementing complex computer systems. So in my personal career and what I see in the careers of, of fellow Muslims is that when you are deep in a specific branch of science and while you are reciting the Quran, the typical reaction is you will stop at this ayah and you will find an insight that you can relate to your specific field. And so to me, since a child, since being a child, where I was like a science enthusiast, sometimes a nerd actually, um, I, I found the, the, the scientific consistency and beauty of the Quran and Islam one of the appealing things that made me really uh, look deeper and deeper into it. And this feeling have, have not gone anywhere but, but deeper and stronger as I grew up and I understood more about science. And I have seen the same with people who are uh, specialists in their field that I know. And um, I think this is one of the strongest reasons that Muslims um, uh, generally are proud of the religion being consistent with uh, modernity in terms of not asking them to believe things that are not consistent with scientific fact or observation. So um, according to all of that, I would say that I, I conclude without going into specific examples, maybe we can go that into that uh, later in the debate, that the Quran and Islam has elevated um, uh, Muslim society and hence the global society into a completely different level in wanting to do scientific research. Indeed, the Muslim civilization did have great successes in doing that. Uh, when Muslims uh, got exposed to science, it did not repel them from the religion. And on the individual level, uh, the scientific consistency and beauty of the Quran has and remains something that keeps Muslims attached to the religion, not the other way around. And so to the question, is the Quran scientific? My answer is the Quran is consistent with science, um, pushes you to look into science and uses science to enforce your faith. Thank you very much for that opening statement from Finding Truth. And with that, I want to let you know, if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, we are a neutral channel hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. We hope you feel welcome no matter what walk of life you are from. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button as we have many more juicy debates coming up. For example, David Wood and Nadir 
collide next Saturday. That's going to be a juicy one. You don't want to miss it. And with that, thanks so much, Tom. The floor is all yours for your opening as well. Uh, all right. So the topic today is, is the Quran scientifically accurate? The answer is no. Um, we can just go to any basic list of facts. So geocentrism is false. That's advocated in the Quran. Seven Earths is false. That's advocated in the Quran. Uh, Earth was created by the star. Earth was created before the stars. That's false. Um, Earth and heaven were torn apart. Earth has never been torn apart. Heaven was created from smoke. I guess we can't technically prove that one false, um, but I don't. I doubt it. Uh, similar size and distance of the sun and moon. That's false. Uh, moon split in two. That's been proven false. NASA specifically said that has not happened. Um, nature of the moon's light. The moon's light is reflective of the sun, not what the Quran says. Meteors as stars fired at devils. That's false. The sky in heaven is a ceiling. That's false. Uh, the sky is a guarded ceiling. That's false. The sky is something that can fall. That's false. Heavens to be rolled up. That's false. Stars is something that can fall. That's false. Uh, the cause of shadows changing lengths. They got that one wrong. Disregard of the North and South Poles. They got that one wrong. They're wrong about biology and evolution. Humans created from clay. Well, that was actually kind of close. I'm okay with that. We'll grant that one from the RNA on clay thing. Close enough. Uh, embryology, sperm originating between the backbone and the ribs. That's false. Embryo forming from semen. That's false. Disregard female ovum. Humans created from a blood clot, false. Uh, gender decided at clot stage, false. Bore, bones formed before flesh, false. Or, all organisms created in pairs, false. Fetus, three layers of darkness, false. Functions of the heart, they got wrong. Uh, source of source and purity of milk, they got wrong. They also got uh, geology and meteorology wrong. So flat earth, wrong. Facing towards Mecca, wrong. Uh, fasting and prayer requirements near the poles, wrong. Uh, earth is spread out and flat. Wrong. Earth is like a carpet. Wrong. Earth is like a couch. We'll grant that one. That was kind of funny. Earth is like a bed. Wrong. Earth is stretched out. Not really. Earth is a level plane. Wrong. Permanent barrier between fresh and salt water. That's false. Uh, definitely, obviously false. Uh, mountains prevent the earth from shaking. That's definitely false. Uh, mountains are the result of the earth's shaking. Uh, mountains cast upon the earth. Definitely false. Chest contracts with altitude, that's false. Uh, earthquakes is punishment, clearly false. Disregard of evaporation and water cycles, you got that one wrong. Mountains of hail in the sky, that one's wrong. Allah smites with thunderbolts, well, I don't think so, unless he smites trees. Zoology, ants converse and recognize humans, nope. Uh, four types of cattle, nope. And just biology beats you. Uh, horses created as transportation, nope. Evolution got you on that one. All animals live in communities. Nope. Jaguars pwned. Bird flight as a miracle. Like, no, it's it's not. That's like the bee. How, how do bees fly? Like, it's silly. History. They have a massive iron. They got history wrong, too. So massive iron wall didn't happen in history. Mary is a part of the Trinity. No, never a thing taught in Christianity. So they got Christianity wrong. Mary as Miriam. They got that one wrong. Ares is the son of God in Jewish doctrine. That was never taught. David inv invented coals. Uh, coats of mail. Like, nope, definitely not. Crucifixions in Egypt didn't happen. The singular pharaoh. I don't know what that one refers to. The Nubian rock tombs at El Hir as homes and places for before the time of the pharaoh. Nope. Uh, Noah's worldwide flood didn't happen. Floodwaters boiled from an oven didn't happen. Noah's ark holding every species didn't happen. Uh, I also got linguistics wrong and a bunch of claims of miracles. Humans Lots of different claims of miracles that they got wrong. 
so yeah, uh, lots of errors. Just take your pick. Quran is wrong about pretty much most things. And the only claims that are made that it's consistent with science or ambiguity fallacies are saying, oh, look, we can ambiguate a sentence in the Quran to make it fit current data. It's literally like no different than what every single religious text does, which is not in any way evidence of anything. All it does is say that, oh, look, you can ambiguate a statement. So there is no evidence that the Quran sells us anything accurate today. And we can move on. With that, we're going to jump into open conversation. And as I mentioned, folks, we have many more juicy debates coming up. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And we're going to jump into open conversation. So gentlemen, giving each other plenty of time to respond. Let's start with the open conversation. All right. So, uh, Tom, uh, I stopped stopped at number uh, 11 and I I didn't write any more. So um, you're essentially reading from a list. Uh, so yes. let's let's pick let's let's pick your favorite and um, take as much as time can um, can take with us. I can do the um, I can do the reverse and tell you about some of the of the things. For example, that the Quran I see that they are inspiring in terms of relaying a, a scientific fact that was not actually could not be known at the time of the prophet but let's let's do it since you started your statement by stating things that are mistakes go ahead pick one and i give you a response okay. it's within my because mary is a part of the trinity and this has nothing it's, to do says, with science um, uh, we're specifically discussing it, the, no, it's, the it's, it's uh, scientific yeah it's a claim about a different religion which was objectively false so that's a claim about reality that it got wrong that's a mistake yeah, but if, if you already uh, want to make this, if the Quran is historically correct or the Quran is theologically correct with reference to other religions, it's a different debate. So if you can just well, pick one of those things that are related no, 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 to no, no, science, no, no. I, I did, I did. So, so, so you said the Quran has no mistakes. Here is a mistake. Um, Quran yeah, this is so. this is actually a, a general statement. But this debate is about whether the Quran is scientifically correct or not. I'm not a theologian, and I do not want to change this into Islam versus Christianity. I do do debates with Christians, and some of them are evangelists, where I'm completely okay to set another debate whether the Quran represents Christianity or Judaism or any other religion that's mentioned in the Quran properly. So you're admitting it has a mistake. So you're admitting it has a mistake. I'm, 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 I'm just, I just want to keep within the scope of this uh, um, debate, which is... Well, you said any mistake. And you're opening any mistake. This is a mistake. So you're admitting it has a mistake. Yeah, I said the Quran in general uh, challenges that you cannot find a mistake in it. And that this would also apply to science, uh, which is the topic of this debate. So as far as whether the Quran is scientifically accurate or scientifically correct, if you can point out a mistake in the Quran that relates to science, then you have won this debate. If you cannot, oh, then the Quran is scientifically just... correct. <laughs> you can, you well, can argue that start... it is not theologically correct. You're deflecting. You're deflecting. So I brought Why up not? a point. This is a point that is a mistake in the Quran. One of the points that many Muslims bring up, and you brought up in the opening, is that there are no mistakes in the Quran. Here is an obvious example of a mistake that we can historically prove is a mistake in the Quran. So it sets up further mistakes in the Quran because you're going to try to plead it away just like you do the other one. So I can demonstrate that your mistaken methodology for trying to claim this isn't a mistake also applies to all the scientific ones. It's a very relevant case here. So here is a provable mistake in the Quran that we can guarantee is they just made a mistake because they don't understand many things. And we can apply the same methodology to the first one. So do you so, do you disagree that this is a mistake, that Mary was never treated as a part of the Trinity in Christianity? It's not, not a thing. 
So, so do you concede that the Quran is scientifically correct and you want to uh, discuss whether it represents or misrepresents Christianity or not? Or what would you like to discuss whether the, the Quran is scientifically thing. correct? What if we talk yeah? about a different thing that was brought up? Sorry? What if we talk no, about he, a different he, thing he, that was brought up from either of your openings? Yeah, this is what I'm suggesting. So the topic uh, no, is, is the Quran No, I'm not going to do that. We're correct. not going to play that game. So I get to bring up a criticism. I, I do think he's... I do sympathize where he does say that he wants to talk about scientific issues. Are there any others? Like, I'm assuming you think that some of your other points were just as sound, Tom. Like, those Well, yeah, we can go on to those well. after. So I want to know, is this a mistake? It is not a mistake, but it is not related to the scope of this discussion. How is it not a mistake? Uh, and to, to be fair... like uh, I have answered the, your question, uh, but it is not related to the scope infallible. of this discussion. Hold on. Whether or not the Quran is infallible, like, is a different topic from whether or not it's scientific. So, in terms okay, of so whether or not it's the Quran hold on, hold on, I'm still okay, talking, Tom, quiet. Is that whether or not it's scientific is a different claim than whether or not it's fallible? Yeah, well, whether it, Grant is wrong, so it's, it's made a mistake, and we can move on to the next topic. That's fine. Well, it's is, to be fair, it is. It's some. It looks like it's pretty clear he's not going to grant that, and he doesn't consider this a scientific claim. So, in terms of the scientific claims of the Quran, what well, is it is a claim that is made in the Quran that is scientific. It is a historical claim made in the Quran, which is a claim about science. So, history is a claim of science. This is a historically error. It is a scientific claim. I hate to take sides on this, but it's a uh, seems like that's something that would be in terms of the peer-reviewed literature, at least. I don't know what scientific papers would discuss this issue of that you brought up, Tom. It seems like it would be more history what? papers. History is a part of science, James. Holy shit. So in terms of academic departments, this seems like it would be more of a history department that in the peer-reviewed literature would talk about this. Which is science. Is history is science, like, James. Sure, I mean, you, you could claim everything is science. So like you could say, like, look, I found a contradiction in the Quran, and it, it's science. And it's like, I, I have to what? say, I do think we should go to one of the other points you brought up. If it makes a claim that some event happened Ugh. in the past and it didn't yeah. happen in the past, that is a scientific error. This is not hard. I nonetheless, I, I do think that I mean, so like, you could say it's a it's scientific in the sense that it's an empirical claim. Is that what you mean? Yes. Like this is this is they claimed that this is the way it was viewed by this culture at this time. That is a factual falsehood. It is factually wrong that it was viewed by this culture in this way at this time. To... It's like saying the world flooded. It literally didn't happen. This is a thing that was claimed to have happened by a group which did not happen. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's what people in a normal convention consider like the science topics. I think they mean like whether or not Muhammad split the moon. Like that's I think what they usually think of as like more of a science topic. Whether or not the earth is flat. Like those are more conventional rather than so like whether or not Jesus died and resurrected like people are usually like eh, I don't know if that's as much of like a like a science topic like people usually would say it's like a religion or history topic it's true it's an empirical claim but I think that conventionally most people think of the science claims as like what did Muhammad split the moon like is that something we could talk about Sure, next. I want to get an answer on this one because it's so obvious. Like, he just has to grant he's wrong. I, pretty obvious he's not going to do that, Tom. So for the sake of like the productivity of the conversation, I think that we might as well 
move to something different. Okay, then he grants he's wrong by default. I win, and we can talk about the moon. I'm happy with that. Okay, Tom. So uh, I, I think it is pretty obvious that whether Christians believe something or don't is it has nothing to do with science. It has to do something with theology and, and history of religion. And this is a discussion about science and, um, and the Quran. So I, I will not grant you <laughs> anything here. I'm just granting you that this is outside of the scope of the discussion. Well, you're just evading the topic. It's clearly science. It's agreed upon to be a scientific fact by the scientific community, which includes historians. So you just want to... Yeah, like, the scientific... The uh, 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 you, you can expand the definition of science as much as you want, no, but we are talking about... We are talking about religion. No, we are not talking about all science. All literal scientists include history as science. And, so and, all and science by, agree with me. And, and by the way, your very question is incorrect because the Quran does not say that Mary is part of the Trinity anyway. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. But I am not going to go into this. So, then NASA, no current scientific evidence reports that the moon is split in two. All right, Quran debunked. Okay. No moon split in two. Okay, so um, nice one. So, when the Quran refers to miracles, um, the Quran does refer in Surah Al Qamar to the matter of splitting of the moon. It says, um, the last hour or judgment day has come close or doomsday has come close and the, and the moon uh, has split. And um, the exegetes of the Quran, look at this verse, uh, they, have, they, they have two opinions. One opinion that this is related to a historical event that happened during the life of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, where the infidels in uh, Mecca challenged him for a miracle and um, uh, the, the challenge related to splitting of the moon, and um, he did split the moon, and he called them out for it, and he said, do you see the moon split? And they did not uh, um, uh, accept it. So this is one opinion. The second opinion is that this is actually not related to a historical event, and that it is related to something that will happen to the moon uh, before doomsday. So, according to the second opinion, we should we this matter is not uh, is not an issue. Now, according to the first opinion, because the first opinion is actually in Hadith and not in the Quran, uh, when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala makes a miracle that is to a specific um, uh, uh, group of people, and then He removes the miracle, it is not part of um, uh, the proof of this miracle that you, um, it is not necessary that you will do an investigation and find evidence for the miracle. So, for example, if Moses turns his stick into a snake and somebody who was not there didn't witness it, he cannot uh, ask Moses for the snake to uh, test if the, there are marks on the stick that it has turned into a snake or not. What has been miraculously converted into something or uh, uh, exhibited a specific or a, a certain uh, behavior uh, as in, in the context of a miracle remains in the context of a miracle. And this includes that after the miracle is done, you cannot verify it. And the miracle of the Quran is not something that you will go 
uh, the miracle of Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen that he is not going to make, um, uh, he, people will not be attracted to Islam through uh, physical miracles, like Jesus used to raise the dead or Moses changed his uh, uh, stick into a snake or split the uh, sea or whatever. Also, if somebody comes and says a similar claim about Judaism, I will not accept that Moses split the Red Sea unless I find the location where it was split and I find physical evidence that the sea was split in that place. Uh, sorry, if God splits the sea, he can also return the sea uh, in a way that you will not find evidence. And if he splits the moon, he can also, miraculously now, uh, you can, he will also return the moon to the extent that you will not be able to know whether it was split or not. It was a visual miracle that is related to specific people who challenged Prophet Muhammad into this. And those people, by the way, some of them became Muslims later. So in terms, this is something that you can trace back through witnesses. Um, it has nothing, miracles are not under the uh, investigation of this. They are not under the scope of investigation of science. So when you ask me, is the Quran scientifically yes, accurate, that the challenge is that you will tell me the Quran mentions this thing which contradicts with the scientific observation. And if you can find something in the Quran that contradicts with the scientific observation, you have essentially won. I hate to, to disagree finding truth, I, but I, it's like kind of like, eh, I can kind of give you the benefit of the doubt on the history one. To say this one isn't a science claim is like, uh, geez, like what is a science claim then? Because there's an argument to be had in terms of where Tom came from the historical perspective saying it is a science where it's an empirical claim, it's you know, it's science. You could say scientifically, you can investigate it, and I I was willing to give you the benefit of the doubt on that one, because uh, but in this case I'm like, eh, it's like I I don't want to move topics from this one because it's like if this one isn't a science, like I don't know if we're gonna find anything that is. Okay, so now let, let me tell you this. Is splitting the moon a miracle as described in the uh, Islamic uh, discourse, or is it a scientific observation that you can observe today? Now, my answer yeah, we can to observe. that, yeah? Well, just to clarify, so you agree, all of the scientific evidence says this doesn't happen. There is no scientific evidence it did happen. Therefore, the most rational conclusion is it's a made-up story like all the other ones that don't have any scientific evidence, right? No, I don't agree because absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. Yes, I, it is. I, so literally, no, it is not. Like, one, one absence one second, of one evidence second. is not evidence one, of absence. One second. So if I okay. say there is no water in my cup and I look in my cup and I don't see any water, the absence of evidence of water is evidence of the absence of water. Yes, it is. Yeah, because your cup is something where you can do an exhaustive search for water. Okay, no, no. but so you cannot you cannot do no, an exhaustive no, search in the moon no. at the time where the miracle happened to verify or not verify that it happened. It is a miracle no, no, that no. happened at a specific Wait. point of time. You cannot disprove so, it. This so, way. so the cup, the cup, the cup analogy was just to refute your claim that absence of evidence isn't evidence of absence. Yes, it yeah. Is. So, because you're putting a claim in a generic sense. No, 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 no. I'm literally addressing that. So, if a claim is made that something occurred, and there is no evidence of that thing. That itself is evidence. It's something that was made up in a human mind. So it applies to anything, essentially, not just cups or moons. If you have no evidence of something occurring, then it's that is evidence that it was probably made up by a human in their imagination, which is the consensus among science is that this story is a thing that is made up by a human in their imagination. So if you agree there is no scientific evidence 
that the moon was split in half, that is evidence this was made up by a human in their imagination. Now, I, I already told you I disagree about that because it is a well-known, uh, correct statement that absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. I just, I literally just proved that false. So yes, it is. You have not proved that false. You have selected an example that is of a spe specific construction that will lend itself in that specific case. But if I tell you, for example, I, uh, there is no water uh, uh, in, uh, in the United States, for example, and then I use the, um, uh, and then I give you uh, a challenge uh, within the, uh, to run as fast as you can and find water, and you can't, it doesn't mean that there is no water, actually. It means that just you could not find. Okay. Yeah, that's how induction works. Yeah. So induction is also evidence. So you could say, if I if I think there's no water in this cup and I only look into like 30% of the cup and see no water, that's still evidence there's no water. The absence of evidence there is still evidence of absence. There is like, still, like, there, is still there, there is now evidence that he did not find uh, water in 30% of the cup. But since you have not investigated right. the other yes, 70%, you cannot that's, make an affirmative statement. Yes, you can. It's just induction. Like this is still evidence. It's still evidence, but it's only partial evidence. It's still evidence. It, absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I would agree. It is partial evidence to the extent of your knowledge. So now what I'm saying right. is Right. So absence of evidence is evidence of absence. Like you, it's it's still evidence. Your statement is literally false. Absence of evidence can and is evidence of absence in many, many cases. Absence of evidence in a scope that you have exhausted is evidence of absence in that There's scope. No such okay, thing. but once once you once you make a general statement, okay, about something, okay, so there is no there is no life in the universe, okay, and your evidence is we did not find life in the universe yet. I'm sorry, this is not evidence for absence of life in the universe. This is evidence that you have not found any life in the universe yet. Only full stop. Okay, uh, so you no, can you can no. say to the extent of my research, I did not find life in the universe. But you cannot That's make literally how all science statement. works. All science is by the extent of our research. This is the conclusion we found. Okay. And we can infer things so, in the future. There so is no are, such thing are, as a complete system. So you are you are comfortable doing your very specifically focused scope of an example. But then, according to my example, why are scientists still looking still to uh, looking for, looking for uh, uh, alien life in space? They can say we have looked. We didn't find the absence of evidence. Is evidence of absence. And we have looked because in, I don't know, uh, uh, we have sent telescopes and we have looked yes. for a signature okay, for I life. Can, yes. You can yes. see what's going question. It's a, good, it's a good question. So the reason okay. we continue to look for life is because there's other directions of evidence that indicate <clears throat> there could be life, namely the fact that how life evolved was abiogenesis. So because we have a different line of evidence that indicates there is or might be something there, independent of the lack of finding any, gives us reason to look. There is no independent evidence to make us think that the moon actually split in half. There is good evidence to think it didn't split in half. So the evidence, the absence of evidence is evidence of absence, and that is the consensus position. No one's really researching that because there's no evidence to look for it. There is good reason to think that life might be out there. There's no reason to think the moon might have been split in half. Uh, sorry, uh, 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 Tom, you, you, you insist on committing a, a logical fallacy, and the, the only reason that science scientists would stop looking for uh, alien life in space is once they know that they have exhausted sc scanning space. If space was no. just the solar system, it only had the seven planets, and we did go there, and we were sure there is nothing there, we can make a statement that we have not found any evidence in the whole scope that we're searching. We've exhausted our search scope at full stop. 
Now back to our to our example. No, that's you you, you cannot you cannot you ca number one uh, miracles do not fall under the the the, the investigative yes, scope do. of science. No, they don't. They literally do. Because once literally you accept, there are studies uh, I on hate to interrupt. But finding well, truth, uh, I do. I have to at some point say like, it's like uh, there's going to be. At this point, I don't know if this isn't a scientific claim. I don't know what would be because, like I said, I I gave you the benefit of the doubt in the first case, in terms of like the history, you know, saying you know arguing that well that's history, but I mean, this is one where it is. It certainly seems like it falls into the natural sciences bucket more clearly than the last case, right? Like it's more more obviously just by the convention of like the you know the moon and whether or not it was split at some point. And rather than, you know, usually that you could say it's more clearly natural history. How about that? Because there's natural history usually referring to like the natural sciences, biology, chemistry. So this one is I, just so we don't spin our wheels too much. I've got to side with Tom on this one that I do think this is more obviously a scientific topic. I don't we might have to move to another topic again because this is it's fine. So I, I, would like, I, would like, I would like to ask Tom very, very specific questions, and then we can call it a day, because if, if, if we're not willing to change our positions, it makes no sense to just keep going round and round. Do you accept that in the uh, Islamic uh, context, splitting the moon is a miracle or, or not? I have no idea. I don't have a position. Yeah, I, so I'm, I'm telling you. I well, have well, told well, you one already. Sec, one sec, one sec, one sec. Yeah, one sec. Let me finish the answer. Let me finish the answer. Go so ahead, many ahead. people said there are no miracles in the Quran. Like they, They've said that to me. So it depends on your interpretation. Okay. So I have already told you that the event of the historical splitting of the moon is already not in the Quran. It is in the Hadith. It is one of the interpretations of the ayah in Surah Al-Qamar, and those who say this is a historical event have to refer to hadith. Others who would stop at the Qur'an say that this is a sign of doomsday. So as far as the Qur'an is concerned, this is one of the um, uh, signs of judgment day. However, people who would adjoin the hadith to that will have to refer to the narration in the hadith, and the narration in the hadith is that uh, the infidels, I told you that already, the infidels of Mecca challenged the prophet. If you are a prophet, we need you to make a miracle. And we need the miracle to be splitting of the moon. And one night, uh, uh, um, the moon was split by Allah, not by him. Uh, prophets don't do miracles. Allah does the miracles. And he called, he called, he, he had a shout out at those who challenged him. And he told them, do you see the moon split? And they said, you have, uh, this is magic. You have uh, 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 um, tricked our eyes. Okay, so the context, if you want to challenge something, you have to challenge it in its context. In this right. context, okay. it is a direct miracle that is a response to a challenge. Okay. That's nice. And, and Spider-Man okay, climbed yeah. the Eiffel Tower. It's not, okay, that's fine. I don't care about the context. I care about the scientific evidence and there is none. So let's move on yeah, to a different so, one. Uh, all so, animals so live in communities. To, so, so just to, to finish that, when God does a miracle to a specific number of people and the objective of the miracle ends, there is, nothing, there is no necessity that this miracle will be under the investigation of Tom Jump or Ahmed or James. It was for specific people at a specific time. They accepted it or they did not accept it. The stick will return from a snake back to a stick and nobody will be able through investigating the stick 
to find any evidence that it turned into a snake and the same applies to the moon and the same applies to the sea and the <sighs> same applies to anything that changes miraculously it's miraculously its state so what i'm telling yeah. you is oh, oh, you, you cannot use this sorry. example for scientific veracity or not because it is a miracle and miracles have a supernatural element and supernatural okay. elements are outside move, move, the vicinity move. of science all right so yeah, so Spider-Man definitely definitely exists, and we can't find his webs because they're biodegradable and no one can see them. So his magical webs just disintegrate before anybody can find them, and that's why Spider-Man is real. Great. So all animals live in communities. Quran six thirty-eight. There is not an animal that lives on Earth, nor the being that flies in the air, but forms a part of the communities like you. Wrong. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. What is exactly that you are stating to be wrong here? That all animals live in communities. No, not all animals live in communities. There are okay, I I, I, I I just would like to interrupt you because I, I said I'll take one from you and I'll present to you something that is a positive um, scientific what? sign in the Quran, if you would like. So it, it's not just like you're you're presenting a challenge and I'm responding. I'll, I'll actually like also to do the, the other way around. How about that? Okay. Sure. Okay. So in the Quran, for example, um, because I've told you in my personal story, the scientific consistency and the scientific science in the Quran is something that has um, attracted me personally to, 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 to adherence, let's say. So in the Quran, for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And the sky we have uh, built uh, with hands, and hands in the Quran refer to power, and we are indeed expanding, or we are indeed its expanders, okay? And I don't think anybody at the time of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, in the Arabian Peninsula or some, somewhere else, as far as I know, uh, had uh, a concept of the, um, uh, the universe expansion. Actually, until the early, uh, uh, last, early last century, early 20th century, the scientific community was um, advocating a static universe. Um, it was only later in the previous century that uh, the expansion of the universe was um, observed by Hubble and very late uh, in the 90s that it was reconfirmed as a scientific fact. So how, why, why would you think um, the Quran uh, puts this statement in this way? And then applying the same method that I said, it uses language that can be easily accepted linguistically from the people that it has addressed at the time of the Prophet Muhammad 1400 years ago. But today, somebody who is interested in cosmology and who is following the scientific discourse and who is following the scientific observations and discoveries would look into this ayah and, wow, and it's, it says that. And in another ayah in the Quran that would complete the picture, it says this. It says, We will show them our signs in the horizons and within themselves until it is evident to them that it is the truth. And it here refers to the Quran or to Islam. So the horizons is the extent of your vision. And in this modern day, we invent telescopes and our horizon of vision just extends very deep into very deep space. And when we look into very deep space, we find that the universe is expanding. And when we look at a comment that the Quran is making about the universe, it says that Allah is indeed is, is its expander, and he uses a noun rather than a verb, which means that it's a perpetual state. 
And then our Big Bang cosmology says that the universe has been expanding since the Big Bang. It continues to expand until this day. And then we find that even its expansion is accelerating. Would, would something like this not draw your attention in your opinion? No, because it's copied from dozens of other religions that are just using the expanding cosmic egg myths. Like this is a really common thing. There's essentially four basic structures of most uh, origin stories in most religious backgrounds. One is that it's eternal. One is that it's expanding. One is that it's contracting and some other strange one. Those are essentially the options. You got one and four. They just copied it from other religions. It's just the basic cosmic egg myth. It predates so, Muhammad. So so our, our, our topic is not, there, is not whether some other religion got it right or not, because in the Islamic concept, Islam is not the first uh, religion that has come down from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the Quran is not the first message. Muslims actually do believe that uh, the Torah and the Gospel and uh, other books have come to humanity, and it's the same God, and he might as well say some similar signs. The question is, would this draw your attention or not? To the no, Quran are, saying a scientifically uh, accurate statement about the cosmos. So if there's uh, 30,000 religions and there's only three possibilities, expand, contract, and stay the same, about a third of them are going to get it right by random chance. This is not a, a mythical option. It's just, oh, look, they guessed one of the three options. Congratulations. Except that the typical naked eye observation does not lend itself to anybody believing that the universe is expanding. It will lend itself to the universe being static, actually. So somebody no. uh, putting his stakes on universe expansion looks like somebody who knows something more, in my opinion. However, if this is your position, I rest my case. No, there's lots of different Hindus that say that the world is expanding and contracting and all kinds of things. The fact that you don't see it is irrelevant. Like literally, you couldn't see most things scientifically back then. So this is, again, irrelevant. So if you're saying that, oh, it's evidence that they guessed the world was expanding. Well, then it's also evidence of Hinduism where there's multiple gods. Congratulations. It's not evidence. Great. So so my comment to that, because I just I just I think I just proved the point that I am actually interested to prove here. Which, which comes in threefold, so I'm going to summarize. Number one, um, even Hindus, uh, every, every nation or every community on earth uh, was not left astray by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He sent to them their messengers. And at the root of the Hindu religion, there is a message from God. Hindus, at the end of the day, uh, believe in Brahman, who is the one almighty God. Whether they have uh, added to that later or not is irrelevant. The same goes for Jews. The same goes for Christians. If you talk to a Christian, and I have talked to, on my channel, to very prominent Christian um, cosmologists and professors of astronomy, uh, they would tell you, for example, in the Bible, there is a mention of stretching the skies, for example. And they would, they would, they would go to the same direction. So I have no problem with that. My question is, whether as a Muslim who reads the Quran, when I open uh, the news, when I open nature or science or science daily or listen to a news piece or a news bite about a new scientific discovery on so, CNN so, uh, I to and comment it tells on me a new, a new scientific <laughs> news, I would go to the Quran. So you've been talking for like 10 still, minutes. Can I, yeah, I'd like to get some. Yeah. Get some so, I, I, so, yeah. I do want to, to take the quote. Yeah, go ahead. Go you, ahead. Take, uh, finding truth. If, you, if you're able to wrap it up, maybe just in about 10 seconds. Um, and then um, I do um, want to um, make sure Tom gets, gets plenty of the, the, response. The, this is my ending statement. When I hear this news bite and I go back to the Quran, I still feel comfortable that I believe in this book and that it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is a series of hundreds of such coincidences 
to the extent I cannot believe it's a coincidence anymore. It is an okay. intentional entrenchment of science in this book. Gotcha. And then go ahead, Tom. All right. So, yeah, so these are actually about like 10 different quotes of the Quran here that mention this that are all show errors in the Quran. Quran 2130, do not unbelievers see that the heavens and the earth were joined together as one unit of creation before we clove them asunder. We made from water every living thing. Will they not then believe? So the expansion, they were not ever joined together. That's not a thing. Uh, they weren't created at the same time period. It created billions of years later from different parts. There was not, water was not everything, so that was false. Um, and verily, we created the heavens and earth and that between them in six days and naught of weariness touched us. Uh, six days, false. Um, see, what, what's another one? The separations of the heavenly earth can be read in the context of the verse mentioning something between their fully formed states. Quran 2, 1, 6, 4, and the birds mentioning in Quran 24, 41, they were not in a separate state in those contexts. So that's something that got wrong. So all these ones that mention that the universe expanding also mention things that are just literally false. The very next verse, Quran 2131 speaks of mountains being placed here on earth. Here, the earth must mean natural world, yet modern interpretations of the previous verse hold that earth refers to merely atomic particles and the time being the Big Bang, which shows a contradiction. So all of these things he's mentioning show the contradictions and the errors, and he's simply cherry picking one of the most ambiguous statements possible expansion um, and seeing that that word word can be applied to one possible thing that happened as the forming of the universe while pretty much every one of the other verses show it's wrong okay um thank you so you started with 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 the separation uh or that the heavens and the earth were adjoined and actually i would like to respond to this one i can actually go one by one to everything that you have said but i but you mentioned this two or three times so i'll pick that one up and the first one that you mentioned too so this is actually one of what we consider as muslims another sign in the quran of scientific accuracy and consistency um in the opinion of many people including myself because i happen to be a communications engineer and studying things like microwave background radiation uh, cmb and other topics is interesting to me and uh, the, the, my, my personal opinion about the ayah, and this would be, so many people would agree with me, and the ayah in Arabic says, um, um, Haven't the disbelievers seen that the heavens and the earth uh, were uh, collapsed together or adjoined together or um, generally together, and we rip them apart, okay? And uh, this is essentially a very elegant linguistic description of uh, what we call today Big Bang. In my opinion, um, the way the Quran uses the term heavens and earth in many parts of the Quran is that heavens relates to uh, space and the different dimensions of space, because it really refers also to the seven heavens, and it refers to those seven heavens. One of them is our universe, and the rest is ghaib, is unseen to us. So what the Quran is saying here, and you can also trace this through the Genesis story in the Quran, which later on in other places in the Quran talks about the proportionment, proportionment of the other seven heavens and of this universe, what the Quran is saying is that the universe, space, time, and matter were at a point of time a single thing adjoined together 
collapsed together. And then it was, in the Quranic term, ripped apart. We ripped them violently. This is as good a translation I can give. And this is very, very consistent with Big Bang cosmology. So actually, no, not, you are mentioning something. Bang. You are mentioning what, what, something what, that is we pride. We take pride in it. What, as Muslims. One what was cloved asunder in the Big Bang? Because nothing was cloved asunder. There's no separation. They're all still parts of the same thing. Where, what's what's the cloved asunder? Um, the the word separation is your term, actually. Um, That's fine. The, you can yeah. use whatever whatever word you want. There's no so, separation of two things. They're all still the same thing. What do you mean? So the Quran the Quran the Quran describes a situation where the universe is coming from a what you can call what we call today a singularity or a very high density uh, uh, joinment of space and matter. Space, time, and matter. The heavens are everything so, so that is. The heavens and the earth were joined together, right? Yeah. There's no separation. The the singularity, all the parts of it are still exactly there. They're just expanded. So there's no separation of any of that stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is what, so it describes this state as the initial state. And then it goes, we rip them apart. So this is what we call the we'll Big Bang, what by the apart? way. What did they rip apart? Because everything is still the same, connected in the same way. Nothing's been separated or ripped apart. Um, uh, like, I don't think I don't think this is uh, at any by any means a good description of what the Big Bang means. So what Big Bang cosmology means is that the whole matter, energy, space, and time of the universe at a point of time at t zero were together in one place that we tend to call the singularity. We cannot examine the singularity, but we have access to what happened at least from the point of the cosmic background uh, radiation. And we know that prior to that, we had very high density uh, material and energy together. And at a specific point of time, it blew apart. Okay. This is what this is why it's, it's called the Big Bang for a reason, by the way. Okay. And at a point of time, for some reason, um, this thing just blew apart. And the expression of the Quran, we ripped them apart, is we took them away from each other by force. So I don't think that you can, if you want to use language that well, is understandable says to that. people, so, so like, this is a very eloquent so, way of saying it, actually. No, no, it's not. So like the word joined together is ratquan. I don't know if probably not pronounced that right. Meaning closed yeah. up or sewn up. That is usually metaphorically used for reconciling people, but does not imply a homogenous mass or state. The separation of the heavens and the earth can be read in context of the verse that mentions something between their fully formed state which is occupied by the clouds in Quran 2, 1, 6, 4, and birds, Quran 20, 24, 41. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what you mean by clouds and birds now. So we are talking about the genesis of the universe. So the heavens and the earth are like two objects that are separated by things, the clouds and the birds, and they were ripped asunder by God. The, the, there, is, there is no mention to clouds and birds at all there, okay? Quran and 2, 1, they, 6, 4. I, I'm, I'm referring to the ayah of Ratkan that you are talking about, okay? And by the way, I memorized the Quran. So I'm so if, if we are in a specific ayah, if once you get out of the ayah, I immediately know. So um Ratkan here, this ayah talks about the heavens, and the Quran does not never refers to the at the Egypt, the earth's atmosphere around us that has the clouds and the birds as the heavens by plural. Never refers to that as a sama. It refers to it sometimes as a sama and sometimes with other names. 
But when it refers to the heavens as Samawet, it is referring to the different dimensions of space and time. And sometimes it qualifies it by saving the seven heavens, Samawet is Sabah, for example. So this ayah specifically is talking about the genesis of the universe. And it is obviously uh, challenging humanity that at a point of time, those who do not believe will make a discovery that is consistent with this ayah. And it starts by saying, um, uh, haven't the disbelievers seen? Okay, and it is a fact actually that also people who have discovered Big Bang uh, or have theorized Big Bang cosmology and then reinforced it by scientific measurements are not Muslims. So the ayah actually is true in many perspectives. And once again, according to my, just referring to my introduction, the Quran is revealed in the Arabic language to humanity at its infancy. It is there as a standing um, evidence for humanity that it has come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So people at the time of Prophet Muhammad for 1400 years until the 1920s or 30s, or until, until people believe Hubble, need to look into this ayah and, and, and uh, accept it in a way that is uh, understandable to them. So Allah tells them, tells them still, in the very old past, you do not know it now, but sometime the infidels will confirm it to you, that in this ayah he says, the universe is not static, it started, collapsed together, and I differentiated it. I made it what it is today, and then in another ayah it says it's expanding. If this does not draw your attention that the Quran has scientific signs that are unmistakable, I will just rest my case. Well, yeah, it's provable that it doesn't. So there, so like, and verily we created the heavens and the earth and that between them in six days, not weariness touched us. There is no scientific theory in which the earth and heavens were torn apart from each other. The verse states that we clove them, uh, not we clove it. Everything is it. Uh, thereby indicating that the earth and the heavens were distinct after cloving. If one holds that the Quran 2130 describes the Big Bang, the atomic particles would later that would later form the earth would at the beginning have to be separated from those that would form everything else in the universe. This is, however, false and bears no resemblance to scientific cosmology, wherein the material that forms the Earth passed through at least one earlier generation of stars and more recently was part of various asteroid, comets, and uh, planetesimals orbiting the sun, which could all be described as being in the heavens, that sometimes collided and merged with others, sometimes split apart and gradually coalesced under gravity to form the Earths and the planets. So if the heavens and the Earth were cloned apart at some point, that means the particles or whatever constitutes the Earth has to be separated from whatever constitutes the heavens, which never happened until like 4 billion years ago. Yeah, so there is no issue with the, about the Quran about that because the Quran then tells so a story. nothing was cloved. The Quran, then tells, the Quran then tells a story, just as you have rightfully said now, that the process of transforming the universe from that point where it was collapsed together, the rapt point, until the point where you have the earth in its final state, has gone through six eons or six epochs, or what the Quran describes as six days. And through that, it actually describes in also, again, great, beautiful, eloquent language, some stages that we can actually relate to given our current cosmology. So it describes in one of the states, okay, that the heaven uh, at a point was smoke. And according to our Big Bang cosmology, we know that after uh, 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 the Big Bang, after there was a chance for energy well, to form photons one, one sec, one sec. and then to form my, my, my question and then to form was, hydrogen, is... 
Yeah. You're going going away from the question. The question is, is what was cloven? What was this? What thingies were split? What was object A and object B that were separated? What is the cloving thingy referring to? Because it can't be referring to earth and the heavens because it definitely wasn't those two things. So what does it mean when it says the things, the earth and the heaven were cloven apart? What was taken apart? Okay. So um, earth and heavens are not two things. Earth is matter. Because earth does not necessarily mean planet earth in the Quran. Earth can also mean like earth does not mean planet earth. Earth does not mean earth. Earth earth does not mean planet earth. Okay. So if I tell you I am going to bury, I'm I'm having a little earth in my hand, it essentially means dust. Okay. So I'm I'm talking about the English language now. So earth can mean in the Quran. One second, yeah. clarification. So it seems yeah. like in the Quran, like Quran 2131, it speaks of mountains being placed on the earth. You're saying that doesn't refer to our earth? It just refers to rocks and stuff? Okay. So you cut me off. So I was making a point that like the word earth in English can mean earth like dust, like can mean a piece of land and can mean what we have called later planet earth. Okay. In the Arabic language, it is the same. So I have started by explaining this verse to you by saying that in my opinion, the heavens are the seven heavens, which includes our dimension and other dimensions, our three dimensions of space and time plus of space plus time, plus the other dimensions that we do not see, and there is at least seven of them, according to the Quran, plus all the material in the current cosmos, okay? Um, and we are interested in, and if, if, you, if you accept this interpretation, it's up to you. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not saying uh, there was one object called planet Earth, and there was another object called the heavens, and we split these two objects apart. And we can falsify and test for that, actually, by going through the rest of the narrative. Because right after that, not right right after that chronologically, actually, but in a different place in the Quran, it is referring to the whole whole cosmos in a state of smoke. Okay? And it is referring to that while in the same ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about talking um, uh, to the cosmos, including the heavens and the earth. Okay, uh, including the, um, he uses here a sama, which typically can be fair also to our universe, is talking to it, and he is saying that it is in a state of smoke. And then he says, after he talked to it, and it gave a specific response, I can refer to the ayah in full, at that point, he then formed the stars. He started by forming the stars. Now, I am what I'm telling you is that this narrative, everything together, a big bang, a state of smoky, cosmos, and then the formation of the first generation of stars, and then the rest of it, including the generation, the, the formation of planet Earth, all narrated in, uh, in the Quran in different places, is very consistent with what we call Big Bang cosmology, is all what we know about cosmology and astronomy in this current Wait, day. Wait, but it doesn't, it doesn't say that. Like the smoke thing you it mentioned, Quran 41, 11, and 12, it says, then he turned to the heavens when it was smoke, and said unto it and unto the earth, a separate thing that is not smoke, come both of you, willing or loth. They said, we come obedient. Then he ordained them seven heavens in two days and inspired each heaven its mon- mandate and redact blah, 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 blah. So, so the heavens were smoke. And he said unto it and unto the earth, which was not smoke, a different thing, come both of you. So the, this specifically says the... 
the verse indicates a time when heaven alone, but not the earth, was smoke. This is especially challenging when it considers the earth and its mountains are described as already existing in the previous two verses. So the heavens and the mountains both already exist and are like the mountains were placed on the earth prior to this state where the heavens were made of smoke. This is a problem because it didn't exist. Okay, good. So uh, let me let me now turn to this area. So when I explained the area to you, I told you that in my opinion, I can be wrong, but in my opinion, and the opinion of so many Muslims who have looked into this area for the last 100 years, or since Big Bang cosmology was a thing, in my opinion, that when the Quran refers to heavens, okay, he is referring, as I told you, to our dimension and to the other dimensions. And when he refers to earth in the um, context of Genesis, of creation of the universe, he is referring to material. And then later he refers to our planet earth when he is talking about placing mountains on it and this and that. Okay, so he is talking to heavens in the- One second, one second. Qu yeah. question. So if, you, if what, let's say we take what you're saying to be true and okay. he refers to matter, where were the mountains placed when the heavens were smoke? Because if, if by smoke, I assume you mean the primordial plasma that everything was presumably made out of. How were the mountains placed on the earth when everything was plasma? Okay. So, so now you, you have, you have no two, now two topics, okay? So the first topic is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talking to the whole of the cosmos in a smoke state. It has energy, it has particles uh, that constitute matter, and he is telling them, obey willingly or unwillingly, and they say, we obey willingly. And when he does that, he says, then I turn my attention to the heavens and I proportion them into seven heavens, okay? Um, so this is one context. Okay, there is another context, okay, prior to that, where he is describing, um, he, is telling, he is telling humanity that uh, he has given us gifts and he has shaped the earth and he has put uh, uh, mountains on it, etc., etc. And those are two separate contexts, actually. So you, 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 you might want to say that since he started by talking to us about what is close to us, and then he is talking to us about what is far away from us in time that you would like to imply chronology, but it is not necessary that this is what is implied. Okay, so you're saying it's just not chronological, he just kind of made yeah. up the order? Randomly? Yeah, this, okay. is, this, is, this is what I'm saying. So in the Quran, there is so many places in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will talk to you about something that is close to you that you can directly see and relate. And then he will tell you about something that is historical, because guess what? What you can see and relate to around you, this universe that was that is now that has all this natural order and you know things are living and you know there is water cycle and what have you, was at a point of time just a, a, a smoky place. And I have made it this way because I ordained that it becomes this way. This is this is what the story is from my perspective and from the perspectives of many others, actually. Yeah, it seems like you're just uh, interpreting it in a way that can fit the current scientific data in order to uh, save your own belief when it's clearly wrong. I think that's a more rational interpretation here. Let's go Wait. on to a different one, though. 
Now, now I want to take a morale out of this, uh, uh, Tom, really. So if, if you look at a book that is telling you that at a point of time, all that was there was smoke, okay? Doesn't that, you know, like grab your attention that it is a good description at the primordial state of the universe at a point of time and that there is no reason for an author of a book who is challenging humanity to its, towards its veracity will make such no. a statement unless he's coming from somewhere. It still doesn't grab your attention whatsoever. No, because smoke is literally wrong. So your best guess here is to try to say it's making an analogy to try to analogously represent the plasma that was there. But in the analogy, it could literally just represent anything. So they could literally think it's actually smoke. So if, you, if you're using an analogy to try to represent uh, some fact of previously to the universe, there's infinitely many ways it could be and say, ah, the analogy still works because it's analogous. It's not meant to be literally correct because it's not literally smoke. Um, and so saying that it's it's analogous doesn't isn't a prediction. It's just making up a vague, ambiguous statement that can be interpreted in many ways. And you're picking up on that it, one sentence instead of the dozens of other sentences that are wrong. This, so this, is, a good, this is a good th th this is a good point that you're making. However, I would like to point out to you that there is no word for plasma in the Arabic language. There was no word for plasma also in the English language in the way we are using it today, because plasma is an invented term that is, you know, borrowed from another uh, word that now has a meaning that is an ionized state of, 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 of protons, for example, uh, 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 which is not there in 1400 years ago. So the Quran cannot say he turned his attention to the world when it was plasma. He will have to use a word that people can relate to. The second right, thing, the I will send you, I will send you, one second, I, I would like to share one, my screen if, if second, Tom can second, enable me, please. One sec, one sec, I want to address that one first point first. So like if I said, there's no word for plasma, therefore in my holy book, it says, in the beginning, there was stuff. And stuff was there. Uh, the fact that the word stuff uh, can refer to plasma because it's ambiguous and can refer to many different things and that there was no word for plasma it doesn't mean it's an accurate description. It means I've just put in a word that's vague and ambiguous that can be interpreted. If I ignore all of the other words in the Quran, then I can interpret this one word to ambiguously mean the thing. I'm happy to answer to that. That's why I asked to share my screen. Uh, can, can I do that, Tom? Screen share is ready um, for you. Yeah, okay. I don't, so I here don't is an article. Here is an article from Science. If you don't like science journal, um, I, I'll have a problem, but it says this, how the early universe cleared away the fog. And it says about 300,000 years after the Big Bang, very early in the universe indeed, the universe was like a smoke-filled chamber from which light could not escape. So if you don't, if, if science journal is happy to use the word smoke and fog 300,000 years after the Big Bang, which was nothing was there other than this, um, okay, I will rest my case then. So my point is, and uh, you, can, you can see journal, the link, it is www.science.org. Okay, that's, that's so, not a scientific journal. That's that's an opinion piece. So a scientific journal is a peer-reviewed right. academic source. This is a this is an opinion piece. Yeah, and, and, and what I want to tell you, my friend, is the Quran is not a scientific book. It talks to people I agree. to guide them, I agree. It's not. okay? It's not a book of science, not a book of physics, not a book of biology. Now, the issue is when it uses terms to describe cosmic events, biological events, physics events, whatever, okay? Does it use terms that are understandable to people over the ages? 
that will then, in the 20th and the 21st and the 22nd century, will remain consistent with observation or not? This is the answer, actually, to the question. So when I am actually looking at, again, at uh, 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 National Geographic or Discovery Channel or something, or listening to, I don't know, uh, 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 Sir Penrose or to Eddington or to Neil deGrasse Tyson or to whoever who is describing something about the Big Bang. And he says, after the Big Bang, the universe was full of, I don't know, protons, okay, that were, you know, like uh, uh, um, very thick smoke, very thick, very thick gas, Okay, that was not even permeable to light. And then it became permeable to light. And he uses the word smoke or very thick gas. Okay, and then I return to the Quran and he says, and then he turned his attention to the heavens when they were smoke. What I'm telling you is, it will make me as a Muslim who believes in the Quran, a better believer in the Quran. This is what it means when we say as Muslims, the Quran is scientifically accurate. It is scientifically accurate within its context when it was revealed and until today it remains scientifically accurate and relevant it does not contradict science well so again what i said earlier was using a word that is ambiguous and poetic so so it's not accurate it's just ambiguous and poetic that could be understood by the people in many different ways to mean many different things is not an accurate prediction especially as i demonstrated there are so many mistakes earlier on that are incorrect um, and like placing the mountains on the earths that are not the correct earths, but the other earths, even though it's the same word, earths. Um, and it refers metaphorically to the earths that you want it to in the context you want it to, even though it doesn't say that. Uh, so, so cherry picking the one thing that seems to work while ignoring all of the mistakes that don't seem to work because it's ambiguous enough to fit the data is what all mythical texts do. It's the same thing with Harry Potter. It was a metaphorical time that the Empire State Building collapsed. So it wasn't a real time. It didn't, didn't really happen. Therefore, Spider-Man is real. It seems like your argument. Okay. I, I think my argument is clear enough. Now, the, the issue is, uh, are, are there any of what you have mentioned, which is actually a mistake? Because I'm, I told you, I'm happy to take them one by one and show you that they are either not what you think they are, or that they are actually scientific signs in the Quran that are actually consistent with the science. And as far as the discipline of science is something that I can relate to, I can even show you scientific uh, piece, opinion pieces, journals, articles, peer-reviewed papers, as much as it takes, okay? Because yeah, if you go to a peer-reviewed paper, it will tell you plasma, it will tell you another term. But if you want to talk to the general public, and this is what scripture does, it will not say plasma, especially that the word does not exist in the language. It has to use a word that is as close as possible because it will not invent a language just to place the book that remains relevant for 1400 years and for 1400 years to come from now. This is, this is, this is the, the thing that I described to you as the big problem that will be a scientist, an Einstein will face if he wants to go into third graders and give them a speech about science that they can take down notes and relate to 50 years later. Okay, so I hope my point is made. You can still continue trying to give me th places where the Quran has made mistakes and I can actually keep on showing you that um, um, it is not. Well, I think you showed that you're wrong. So I think you did a very uh, good uh, job of showing uh, that you uh, use ambiguity uh, fallacies. Uh, so I, I, I let's, didn't. Let's move on to the I, next one. I, the next you one did, is my literally. turn. Literally, smoke is... The, the, the next one is yours. my turn. This was yours. 
No, this, my, the, mine, the mine was the expansion of the universe. Now you say you yeah, said the adjoinment. About. Yeah. So 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 no, 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 that, those it, are all the same. That was my response to yours. I was showing that in your example, here's why it's wrong. So I wanted my my example I that don't I brought up mind. was Allah created everything in pairs. That's false. Ah, great! I I, I actually uh, love it that you picked that one. Okay, what is your objection to this? Everything is not created in pairs. Like literally, just most organisms are single-celled organisms. They are not created in pairs. Origin of life came from a single cell. There's no pairs there. Um, pairs are a very modern thing of certain kinds of multicellular organisms. They're literally not a thing. Wow. Okay. So, like, so number one, thank you for bringing up. Of the time. Okay. So, number one, thanking you for thanking you for bringing up this specific example. Now, the ayah is not talking about living things; it's talking about things. Okay. Um, and it's making this 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 very strong claim that every thing has a pair. Okay. And it occurs, it occurs that now the simple lay person and everybody 1400 years ago, relevant to us, was a lay person in terms of science. They said, okay, so what things can we think of? Night and day, uh, uh, I don't know, dark and uh, whatever, uh, up and down, you know, they, they, they started thinking of uh, what would that mean? But now we learn. And we know that actually our universe is, is based on uh, an aspect of duality. If there is an elect electron, then there is a positron. If there is a, um, if there is a quark, there is an anti-quark. If there is this, there is that. The standard model of uh, physics um, is based on the concept that every particle has an antiparticle. And to me, as a person who is a communication engineer, who, who, who learns uh, those theories academically, I, re I relate to that in my context, okay? So is this statement true at large that everything in this universe has its dual pair? Yes, it is. Now you can, you can have your objections to that. And what I'm telling you that this statement is the most generic way to describe the fundamental physics that we know about today according to our best knowledge which is the standard model of physics okay the standard model of particle physics says that okay, but, you but that's have not symmetry what the says. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's, what, the that's how i read it now if you want to read it to ask you can make up your own interpretation that's fine, it's a different thing so, so, so you can make up your own interpretation. That's fine, but that means the Quran is actually wrong, and you're making up your own interpretation. Okay, but Quran fifty one forty nine says, "Glory to Allah who created all things in pairs that the earth produces." That the earth produces. So we're talking about life here. I, I don't, I don't know if he counts wow. mountains as things earth produce, but this means life. This literally means life. All things that the earth produces. It doesn't mean particles. Earth does not produce particles, as well as their own humankind and other things. So I, I don't know how you're getting this magical interpretation that things the Earth produces equates to particles, because that's the Earth doesn't produce particles. Uh, the Earth produces animals, presumably. That's what he I, that's the rational interpretation here. And animals do not all have 
pairs, like the whip, whiptail lizard in the U.S. doesn't do it. It's all female species um, and reproduces by parthenogenesis. Like viruses aren't even necessarily a life form. They're produced by the earth. Um, and they reproduce using a host DNA and are neither male nor female. Bacteria reproduce by cell division. Fungus reproduce by asexual reproduction. Um, it's literally false to say that he created all things in pairs that are produced, that the earth produces. That is false. That is an objectively um, false statement. Tom, uh, can you please tell me which ayah are you referring to in the Quran? Because this text that you are referring to. I'm sorry, 5149 does not say anything like from what the earth produces. It says in Arabic, And from everything, we have created a pair so that you might remember. This is what it says. There's no mention of anything else in the ayah. So if you're reading from a false source, I will advise you to change your source. Because misquoting the Quran is two bad. Mates. Okay. And all things were created two mates, perhaps you will remember. Yeah, not two mates. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Zawj is a couple. Okay. Well, it can also it can also it can also mean it can also mean a spouse. But things do not have spouses. Now I will show you that uh, uh, number one, you, you have misquoted the Quran. So this is not your sources are not very good. But I will show you when the Quran wants to refer to to living things. Okay. For example, like male and female. He says right, this. Here it he is, says, "Exalted is he who created all pairs from what the earth grows and from themselves and from that which they do not know." Okay, Glory so to what? be him who created all the so sexual. This is pairs now. Now this is a different ayah now. So of that so which it is the not, earth groweth. Okay, good. So and of it, themselves. Uh, Glory to Allah who created in all pairs all things that the earth produces, as well as their own humankind. So all the interpretations say in this one, it's uh, this one's which one is this? 36, 36. Glory to Allah who created all in pairs all things that the earth produces. So my apologies. It wasn't the other one. It was okay. the 36, 36. Good. So good. So uh, now, so the first ayah, we're done with it. Now, what is your problem with this ayah? So he says everything that is uh, a pair i have created he doesn't say that every living thing has to be uh, uh, male and female he didn't say that glory to allah who created in pairs all things that the earth produces so created in pairs can all you tell me please can you tell that me? I, the earth produces. I, again can you tell me please exactly which ayah is you are you preferring give me the number of the chapter 36, and the number 36. of the ayah all right all right so 36, Surat Yasin. So, 36, 36. Yeah. So, he says, Subhanallah, the Khalakal Azwaja Kullaha. Okay. This is what Subhanallah, the Khalakal Azwaja Kullaha. Exalted is he who has created or all the pairs. Okay. So, it doesn't say that everything is a pair. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That interpretation. I'm continuing the ayah. Just let me read it. Apologies for interrupting, but that interpretation you just read is the one I read of 51 that you said was wrong. So the interpretation you're reading is from the same document you just said was wrong about 51. My, fr my friend, you have just cut me off without finishing the sentence, okay? Right. So he says, So exalted be he who has created all the pairs from what the, the, the earth germinates, and from their selves, uh, themselves, and from what they do not know. So he is telling you everything that germinates 
um, like he's talking about plants, obviously. Tombit is, you know, become a plants, plant. Nebat is a plant. Don't have pears. Okay. Plants don't oh. have pears either. So that's I'm sorry. Wrong. Sorry, what again? Plants don't what have again? pears either. Still wrong. Plants, plants also don't necessarily have pears. Plants, plants so that's still wrong. Yeah, they don't necessarily have pears, but he didn't say that plants necessarily. I didn't say that. This is not an exclusive statement at all. The other one was an exclusive statement. What? It says, The other one said, And of everything we have created pairs. And he's talking about well. things. Here he's talking about plants, and he is saying, The plants that come from the earth in pairs, and you human beings who are male and female, I have created you. And I have created other things also that are in pairs that you do not know about. Okay? So, so he's, like not say, he's not saying that thinking. every living creature is male and female. He didn't say that. Now look, that's exactly like what he said. You're just magically interpreting it to mean all things which happen to be pairs are the things I create. Did he not create the other things? What? How? Where did they come from? Is this? Is he just like some other thing created those other things? I'm only referring to these for no particular reason, just to, just to ambiguate my sentence. I only created the pair thingies, and the other ones. Oh, let's okay. just ignore them, not mention them. Just not going to talk no, about. Them. No, no. Okay. So, so let me let me take you to because you need you cannot just take an ayah in in the middle of a surah. So the ayah was talking already about plants. If you go three or four ayahs back, he is talking about and assigned to them is the dead earth to which we bring to life and bring out of it seeds or grains from which they eat. And we make in it gardens of palm trees and of grapes and we... Um, uh, extract um, uh, um, spring water out of it, or make springs come out of it. So that they can eat from its fruits and from what their hands have worked. Wouldn't they be thankful? So he's talking about plants like palm trees, like grapes that are, you know, that people um, implant. And he is saying, I have made all of this for you so that you can work it and you can eat from it. Wouldn't you be thankful? And then he says this ayah. Exalted be he who has created all the pairs from what the land germinates. It's not an ayah in the middle of the, you know, uh, of outer space where you can take out of its context. It's talking about people who are farming, who are farming palm trees, who are farming grapes, who are farming other things that we eat that are essentially things that are in male and female as far as the as far as the context of the ayah is concerned. And then he says, not only have I created Wait, those plants, hold up, hold up, I have also up. created you and uh, subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. Pine, pineapples, yeah. pineapples reproduce asexually. So pineapples are... There is no pineapples in the ayah. He's talking about palm trees and grapes in this ayah. And he is talking then about plants that come in male and female. So you, you can you can you can tell things. me, for example, that also protozoa do not come or fungi do not come in males and females. I don't care. It's talking about plants that people are farming, and it's specifically talking about two types of plants and about pineapples other plants that grow in gardens. Things people farm. So so literally, he's just ignoring like most of the world. He's like just literally in he, this one farm. He has he only has these made two, which only refer made, to sexual reproduction. He, and literally he has made else. he plants. has made a statement about plant about things that come in pairs, and then he went into the human being at the end of the area, and then he said, "I have also created what we do not what you do not know." whether it is anything else so oh, he did not say so. he did if you can give me an ayah that says 
all plants must be in male and female, this will be a scientific error if it contradicts with science and the Quran is false. Simple. But if I tell you every no everything that is in male and female I have created, there is no issue in that. Exalted the well, the one you literally read. Exalted is he who created all pairs from what the earth grows and yeah. from themselves, which is yeah, false. Absolutely. Literally it's false. Not false. I also wanted to mention your physics thing. So uh, Allah is saying. Allah is saying. Allah is saying. One sec. One sec. Okay. One sec. One sec. So uh, you mentioned fundamental particles and things. Fields, which are the most fundamental thing in the universe, don't come in pairs either. So if you mentioned the fields thing, that would also be false. Are you finished? Okay, so, so in this ayah, there is nothing. There is nothing false there. He is saying that every pair of what the land grows, he has created. So, if you if you can mention to me uh, a plant that comes in pairs, then I can tell you according to this ayah, Allah has created it. And then he says, and I have also created you, and I have also created what you do not know about. So this is what the ayah says. It does not say plants have to be male and female. It does not say that. Okay. So you can magically interpret it in any way you want. I, I cannot, I, I'm, not, I'm just reading to you the text, and I'm showing you that according to the context and the scope of the text, there is no scientific issue. Well, yeah, I'm there, telling there you that you the can, other you can magically ayah, reinterpret it, but if the other but, ayah, if the other ayah, Tom was saying this, every living thing, okay, or every plant I have created in pair, it would it have been false. But it didn't say that. It it's is. Saying, it's what it says. It's things. false. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it but let's. Doesn't. I do want you to address the other thing. So quantum fields Which don't one? come in pairs. Quantum fields don't come in pairs. So the the other one where you says all things come in pairs, quantum fields don't come in pairs. Uh, um. <laughs> okay. So I can argue against that in so many ways. Okay. But when Pick you one. go for it, <laughs> I can tell you that the field is not a thing. Okay, if I want. <laughs> Yes, they are. They're literal. However, 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 Tom, when you represent a field by its particle, then the particle what? will have an antiparticle. Okay. What? When you represent, uh, you don't represent fields by their particles. Fields exist even if there are no particles. Uh, it doesn't make. Uh, are you aware of what is a uh, 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 particle wave duality, or are you not aware of it? Particle wave dualities are fluctuations in fields. The field doesn't have a duality. Is light is light a wave or a particle? It's both. But what does that have to do with the field? Uh, like yeah, it doesn't great. matter. Yeah, it, it actually matters. And please note that I'm what? a communications engineer who has learned uh, fields what? as part of my study. So uh, 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 light is a field. It's an ele electromagnetic field. But in quantum, light is not a, in quantum. I'm sorry, light is a field. Light is an electromagnetic light, light wave. Light goes through okay. a field. Light, light is a thing okay, that goes so through a I'm field. I'm sorry, light is an electromagnetic wave, and this electromagnetic wave can be represented either a by a wave or by a particle. Okay, so every every everything okay. that we are dealing with, whether it is energy or whether it is a material thing, can at the end of the day be represented by a particle that has an antiparticle. So everything that exists in the uni in this universe does have a dual nature of a particle and an antiparticle. No. Oh, yes. No. So so <laughs> yes. You're not Open the addressing you what I said. Okay. Do the fields, if there's no light, does the uh -huh. field still exist? I'm sorry. You need to tell me what field you're talking about. The electromagnetic field. Does the electromagnetic field exist if there is no particles in it? 
The answer is yes. You, you could say yes here because the fields uh, exist even if there's no particles. That's that, how fields that, that, work. Okay, so so if something, if a thing is a thing, okay, then it has a, a dual nature. Okay. Now, if you want to talk to me fields about are an a abstract thing. what field, is the dual nature of fields? If something is a, is a thing, which means it's it's uh, it's there is an energy disturbance at that point. Okay. What? Where does it say that? Where does it say that in the Quran? Must have an it, only if it has an energy disturbance. No, I'm, doesn't I'm, have I'm, a explain, that... I'm explaining. I'm explaining the science to you. I'm not explaining the Quran. So if something is a, is a thing, it needs to exist, and for it to exist, it needs to have a certain amount of energy. And once it has a certain amount of energy, then it has both a wave and a particle nature. And once it so is represented God by exist? a particle, does God doesn't have any energy. I'm sorry. Does that mean God no, doesn't exist because he doesn't have any energy? I'm talking about obviously I'm talking about the material universe. So the Quran, Quran is talking about the creation universe. of Quran God. Quran says not... all things. Quran says all things which include fields. Fields do not have a duality. Therefore, yeah. Quran wrong. Good, 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 good. This is a good try. But the, the, if you read the verse, it says that <laughs> from except everything, all things except it's quantum a, fields. Is no, it says it says when kulli shay'in. From the things that he has created. Okay. So he's not talking about he himself. Create? He's talking about his creation. So this is excludes did he, him. Did he create quantum field. Did God create quantum fields? God created everything. Okay. What is the duality but of a quantum passive, fields? But a passive field, okay, is not a thing. Okay. What? It only becomes it, it only become it only becomes a thing. It will only have an ontological meaning. When it has a level of energy, if it doesn't have any what? energy, it doesn't exist as far as what we call things. Okay. What? Now we can talk whether vacuum is really vacuum, if there is philosophical vacuum or not. Okay. But even vacuum in our perspective, there is something called virtual particles. And we know that even when virtual particles pop up in vacuum, they are produced in pairs, a particle and a part antiparticle, and then they would self-annihilate. Okay, so once a that literally uh, has nothing to do with physics. So in physics, every field is an actual existing thing. They are literal things that literally exist. Okay, Space time is, is a literal field is, that literally exists. Yeah, what, what is their ontological existence in your opinion? Fields. What fields does, what does exist mean? What does exist mean in your opinion? What does a field uh, mean? A field is a possibility. Okay, a field is no, a possibility no, a field, of occurrence. This is, is what a field, a field means. Is not a no, it's not. It's a field not. is a possibility. This is what this is what the whole what? Uh, what? physics is built over. A field is a possibility that is, is represented by a possibility of existence of something. There no, is a field here. That okay, so no. an electromagnetic wave. Okay, an electromagnetic wave. If you say that the wave exists, you mean that it has it must have a certain amount of energy. If it has zero energy, no. it doesn't exist. Okay? Do you accept that or you don't? Uh, well, a wave is measured by a perturbation in a field. The field still exists, Absolutely. even Good. if there's no perturbation. What does a, per what does a perturbation mean? Uh, just a fluctuation in the field. It could be all different. Yeah, kinds what of does things. a fluctuation mean? That there, is, that there is a level of energy. That there is a level of no, energy. No, no, this is no, what it means. No, 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 no. Because like space and time are themselves emergent kinds of fields and so it doesn't necessarily mean like there's an energy transfer to cause that that's not what it necessarily means like are you, are you aware, of, are you aware of a concept called energy density of space yes energy is okay. a thing in the space that we Good. operate in so if, if, if you 
if you can fathom space that has zero energy, then it doesn't exist. Okay. No, if there is space, wrong. if there is space, there is a specific amount of energy. No, now, this no, specific no, no. There amount are of energy. Stop, stop, stop. One sec. So, so there are virtual fields that literally have no energy, but they still exist. So that's they, no, they wrong. don't exist. Once they have virtual energy what? that is zero, they don't exist. Okay. No. Now no. we again. That's not. That's not how would, virtual fields work. So that is again, exactly how they in work. physics. One sec. One sec. In physics, a field is a physical quantity represented by a scalar vector or tensor that has a value for each point in space and time. Does not mean energy. Nowhere in there is energy. Energy is not referenced there at all. Zero times is energy mentioned there. So a if field, a field if a field has zero energy, then the scalar value at any point of that space and time that it is in will have to be zero. Yes, Otherwise, but it still exists. Wait, 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 wait. No, if it's zero, it doesn't exist. No, no, no. <laughs> what are you oh talking about? If, the, if only, the, the, only, the only way no, that no, it will be zero. No, not, wait, 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 wait. You're not understanding. You're not understanding at all here. So if you have a field with a value of zero at every point, the field still exists. There is still a value at each point. The field is still there, uh, even it, if the it, value it, is zero. It then exists as a mathematical construct. Not finished. So gravity, imagine if there were no particles that have any gravitational effect at all zero particles of gravity gravity would still be there the field that represents gravity even though it has zero at every point the field would still exist fields influence how things interact the field is literally there even if nothing is there to interact with them this is basic basic physics the field exists regardless of whether or not any particles are in it this is not basic physics. This is uh, this yes, is complete is. science fiction. Uh, uh, Tom, just, just wait a second. This is complete would, fiction would, that you're talking would about. Gravity stop it's existing not, if particles stop existing. It will exist as a mathematical construct in this case. It has a potential no. to exist when there is something that will cause it. Now, no. and I don't know what, what kind of gravity you are talking about because gravity is essentially curvature of space-time in, in relativity. Right. So, gravity so does the space-time field so exist to, if nothing <laughs> is curving it? Does Sorry? space and time exist if nothing is It has curved? nothing to do now with gravity now. Gravity Existence of space-time. Space so if there, is, if there is completely nothing and there is space-time that is not curved, there is space-time. There yes. is no gravity. So, so the field, this field is there. The field but is gravity there. gravity conceptually That's... is there. Now, conceptually is something oh and it becomes God. a thing oh is something. My God. Okay? So the concept of gravity exists. It means that if a, material is, if a massive object exists, it will work space-time around it. Okay, but until this massive object exists, nothing is warped, nothing is gravitating towards anything. So I, how does it sure warp why, something why, why that it? isn't there? How, how does it warp something that isn't there? If there's nothing there to warp, how could you, it potentially you, warp the nothing you, that is there to not warp? Are you confirming my point or what? No, I'm debunking you. So if, if you're saying that it can only be there if something is there to warp it, well, then something must be there first to be warped, doesn't it? Something has to exist in some location that can potentially be warped. It doesn't just magically pop into existence and start warping. It has to be there first. And then once it's there, then it can be warped, which means there has to be something there which can be warped, right? So, so Tom, I, 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 I think I have just made my point, and I think, no, 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 I think, I think what you are saying... Yeah, I'm answering you. I think what you are saying is just repeating what I am saying, not what you are saying. What? You are saying that something exists when it exists, which is what I'm saying. When it doesn't exist, <laughs> when it doesn't exist, it has no ontological meaning. Okay, it only has a concept. All right. Okay, let's go. With, let's go. With, let's go. Space time. So space time exists, right? We agree. Space time exists. Yeah, obviously. Great. Great. So yeah. space time is a <laughs> That's field. How we are here. We agree. Now. 
Wait, wait. Space time is a field. You agree? Space time is a field, no. right? Space is not what? defined, and time is not defined as a field. I'm sorry. I, I'm challenging you now to get me out any any peer-reviewed paper or anything that describes time as a field. I'm sorry. You don't know physics, and it's obviously not your field. And it happens to be mine. And you are saying statements that are false scientifically. We are in a discussion where we are discussing As whether the Quran is scientifically. Geometry is nothing but a manifestation of no, the you are saying field, the gravitational that field. That time is a. You have just said now that time is a field, and I'm challenging you to produce any yes. respectable scientific uh, article that says time is a field. Time is a scalar. Right. So, so uh, I said uh, is a scalar value. Wait, wait, wait. It is not a field. I, 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 I said gravity was a field. The field of gravity. You said, oh no, no, it's just the curvature of space time. So I'm going with by, your words here. By, by As the way, the, the discovery the, that space time geometry is nothing but a manifestation <laughs> of a particular physical field, the gravitational field. Right. So if you want to call it space time, you want to call it gravity. I don't care. There is a field that exists, and it exists, and for it. To be able to bend, it has to exist. That means even if nothing's there to bend it, it still exists, doesn't it? There is a field what, there. You want to call what, it space-time, gravity? I don't what, care. There's a field. What, what is it there that you are describing as a field exactly? I don't understand. The what are you describing field. as a field? Gravity, according field. to Einstein, is an effect that happens due to the existence of, of massive field. objects on space-time. He calls it the fabric of space-time. He doesn't call it the field of space-time. Okay. Oh my God. Oh, what are you? Oh, oh my God. What? So produce. Good. I'm telling you. Produce to me any scientific article that is describing time as a field. It doesn't exist. Space is not a field. Time is not a field. Okay. Gravity is an effect that emerges when space-time is warped or bent around a massive object. That is how Einstein describes it. Now Newton describes it in a different way. He call, he talks about gravitational forces that are manifestations in gravitational fields. This is not the way the general relativity works. Now space is not a field, time is not a field, period. Now if you are talking about any other field, an electromagnetic field, where an electromagnetic wave is traveling, okay, now what I'm telling you, now we have a thing that is happening. This thing can be described as a wave and it can be described as a particle. And there is duality between wave and particle. And particles also come in pairs, okay, which is the description of the field, a particle and an antiparticle. So according to our standard model of, of physics, of particle physics, everything in this cosmos works in pairs. And the statement of the Quran is absolutely scientifically correct according to our own theories. Now, our theories might be wrong. And this duality that is explained in the Quran can be referring to another kind of duality that we are going to discover 100 years later. But guess what? My belief is when this is discovered 100 years later, it will still be consistent with the Quran. Because guess what? Allah revealed this Quran 1400 years ago, knowing the path that we are going to go through in, in science. We only need to have patience, we have to have good understanding of science, and to have good understanding of the language of the Qur'an. And that's why Muslims are not leaving Islam. You, the ones who understand both the language and the science find the science as an enforcement to their religion. And this is the answer to the question of this. You're saying nothing. You're just repeatedly saying nothing. I just found like 50 different articles that say space-time is the result of a gravitational field. Where, where does the gravitational field exist? Um, your statement is space and time are a field 
Space and time no, are not a field. No, that's yours. I said okay? gravity is a field. I literally said gravity is a field. You said they're a result of space-time. I don't care what you call it. I don't care about your ignorance of the field. The <laughs> field exists. It can't be bent if it doesn't exist. Therefore, to bend it, it must exist, right? Yes? No? no does, does the field no, have right. to exist no, to be right. bent? Once, once there is what? gravity... No, it's not right. Once there is gravity, there is an object, there is a mass that is bending space-time around it. How are you going to know that it is bending space-time around it? I don't you care are going you know to it. know... There is, is something. Too, too, there is something. The thing good. that is causing the warping of space-time is, is a care. thing. Okay, I don't this... care. We, <laughs> okay. The question is, is for the field to be bent... Does it have to exist? What field are you first? talking about? What field are you talking about? You can any field, any field for any field no, no, to no. be bent. Be specific. Does be it specific. have to exist first? Please be specific. What field are you talking about? Any field for any because field when you are talking bend. about when you are talking about massive objects, it is according to relativity warping space time. Okay, because we're, without any object, without any object at all, nothing. Without any object at all, nothing is bent. Without any object at all. Yeah. Go ahead. For a field to possibly bend, for mm -hmm. any field to mm -hmm. bend, mm -hmm. does it have to exist first? Um, I'm sorry. Fields do not bend. Okay. Please be specific. Which field are you talking about? Because then when you are going to tell me space and time, space and time are not fields. Okay. Oh Okay, and 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 if if you don't if you don't if you just want to, do, to say oh my god and not believe me, please find me a scientific journal that describes time as a field or space as a field. Okay, fields and waves and particles exist in space and time. Okay, what space is and a time is the wave? container. I'm sorry. What is a gravitational wave? A gravitational wave is a propagation of the warping state of space and time. Holy shit! It does, but it bends. Oh my god! It bends. So to bend. And this is the definition. This is the definition of a gravitational wave, not a gravitational yes. so field. It bends. So it okay. Bends. And the result that to there bend. can be the result of a gravitational wave. The result of a gravitational wave is two hugely massive objects that are interacting it? together. So okay, like two black holes, James, for example, not answering the are coming oh together. My god. I'm I don't sorry. Understand. I don't understand. To bend doesn't. If anything bends, if there are any perturbations in anything, does the thing have to exist first? Okay, and if great. it does, so and it doesn't once, have a pair, are, that proves your interpretation you are, you, of the Quran wrong. You are once again going back to the using the term perturbation, which means that there is energy, which means that it can be represented into waves that have a particle duality, which means that there is particles and there is antiparticles. This is how the universe is constructed. Simple. What 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 do the waves exist in? What, those particles and antiparticles. What what are they in? What what is the thing that they are inside of? They are inside space and time. Which is. Which is space and time. What what, what is what does what created space and time? What are they? God created them. <laughs> I don't know what's the meaning of this question. What created space and time? What this is metaphysics is? now. This is not physics. What created no, no, everything is, is God. Google, it's a Google metaphysical question. Google emergent space time. Space time is perturbations in a gravitational field. 
basic physics. Oh man, perturbations mean that now again. What? what oh, again, we go back to the same point. Once there is a perturbation, oh there is either mass or energy. Okay, uh, mass and energy are dual themselves. There is something that exists. This something that exists that is causing Wait, the perturbation. How, energy is isn't a dual. Thing. I'm sorry. What is the negative? What is the opposite of energy? Okay, so energy exists in packets, in quantum packets that are represented in particles, and it is a scientific, it is our best scientific theory that those particles exist in pairs. They are I didn't particles ask about and the particles. Antiparticles. I asked about energy itself. What is the pair to energy itself? What kind of energy? Any kind. Pick any kind of energy. Any kind of energy is represented in the particle standard model of physics when no, any kind of energy... I'm answering your question. Any kind of energy? No, you're not. Tell me what kind of energy? It's an electromagnetic energy? What kind of energy? Okay. What kind of electromagnetic energy? What is, what is, is the opposite of the electromagnetic spectrum? What is the opposite? What is its pair? What is the opposite of the strong force? What is the opposite of the weak force? What is the opposite of the gravitational force? Pick okay. the opposite. So, so the strong force and the weak force are represented by particles called gluons, and they exist in pairs. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Tom, you are, you are not a particle physicist, and you are just in my discipline, this is not a fair conversation. So I am just telling you that the standard model of particle physics is based on particle duality, and the standard model of understanding our universe is based on duality between waves and uh, particles, and the standard model of understanding material is that material and energy are two phases of the same coin. Everything that we know about physics is that the one constant thing about this universe is it comes in pairs. So the statement of the Quran that everything, everything that Allah has created is in pairs is absolutely correct. This is the, it's a very simple thing that I'm stating. Now you can you can okay. I just Google can, the physics. Can, I just Google the can, physics document. You can um, prepare more there for are this. There scalar right? fields, vector fields. Still, they are there. They are real. They use abstractions to mathematically fields, model again, them. They exist again. Fields are possibilities of existence of things. No, okay? they are things real. Exist, they thing, are yeah, there. Yeah, they no, become no real. possibility. Possibility is not a thing here. They become. They don't become they be, real. They 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 become something when they are when there is energy no. that causes a perturbation. No. This is how it works. No. And and you know no. you know something you know something, Tom. Now I'm I'm telling you something that is very simple, that there is duality oh, you're between not. mass you're and energy. You're telling me something that goes against all of science. It, it doesn't. No, I'm sorry if you if you <laughs> if you misrepresent science, it doesn't mean I'm going against it. I'm telling you that there is duality oh, between mass and energy. There is duality between a wave and a particle, and that particles comes in pairs. Now those are things that are the fundamentals of our current understanding, uh, the current theories that are governing physics, okay? So now you are going, getting out of things, okay? And telling me, okay, what's a field? So I'm telling you a field Those, is a possibility so, of so existence of something. Here uh, here's okay. a direct quote from a scientific journal. These quantum fields really do exist throughout space. Okay. And good. experiments not only show that they do exist, but show that there's a magnitude of their effects as well. Good. Contribution of no they... quantum fields vacuum cannot be particularly calculated today. Oh no, they know. exist. How good? How are those fields? How are those fields? Okay. Uh, what is the manifestation of their existence? That's how they're measured, not what they are. So th whether you measure their oh, effect, man. they're how? there even if uh, you don't measure their effect. You're confusing uh, epistemology uh, and ontology. I'm, I'm you don't confusing... understand the difference. Wait, I'm wait, not let me confusing finish. Let me finish. anything. Let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. You are confusing the effect that we can measure the field with 
which is we use particles and waves to measure the effect of the field with the existence of the field itself. The field is there, even if we're not measuring any effects of it, the field still exists. That's how we can measure the effects. If the field didn't exist, we wouldn't be able to measure any effects of it because it wouldn't exist. This is so dumb. I think I've crushed you enough on this point. Basic physics. Now you, you have not crushed me at, any, at anything, actually. You have not crushed me at anything, okay? An electromagnetic oh, wave a, an electromagnetic wave exists in an electromagnetic field. The wave is the perturbation of the field, all right? I don't know, I don't know how to explain it to you more than this. For, for, for the field to be anything, there needs to be a change in the energy of the field so that we can measure a wave or a particle in that sense. All right. I'm, this is this is the reality of how things are. I'm sorry. No, this is your delusion that you don't understand basic physics. Because I, I literally okay. talk to physicists like on a daily basis. Like, no, they all okay. agree the field literally exists. You don't need perturbations in it. That's just how we measure it. That's how we see it. But we don't need to see it for it to exist. It's still there even if we don't see it. You go, oh my god. Like every physicist agrees, if we got rid of all particles, gravity okay. would still be there. Okay. We so 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 pick pick one kind of wave. Okay and uh, go and find what its field is and go and find what Peace is time. the particle uh, okay sorry you were okay. okay good uh, okay and then go and find whether this field can be when it's manifested in a wave uh, or even not if you would like to look at the 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 non-perturbed state let's say and go and please look if this uh, the particle that can represent the field has an antiparticle or not Okay, in the standard model. The particle of doesn't matter. The field is what matters. Oh, God. So I'm telling you that everything in our standard model of physics, at the end of the day, is represented by a particle. And according to the model, there needs to be an antiparticle to respect something called symmetry. Okay? So even if you refer to fields, I, I, don't, I don't really, I don't, I, don't, I don't mind, okay? Let's say you would like to refer to fields for some peculiar reason, okay? And then go back, okay, uh, look into uh, 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 very recently discovered fields, okay, and find what is the particle that represents them and whether it has an antiparticle or not. And, okay, then, tell the me, and then tell me, and then tell me, uh, does it or not uh, reconfirm that uh, even that example will have a particle or antiparticle, okay? Okay, what's the antiparticle of the Higgs? Uh, please do your research. I, I'm, I'm not, I do not uh, memorize. It doesn't have one. The answer is there is no one. <laughs> no, it Higgs boson doesn't have an antiparticle. Go. Go. Google it. Does the Higgs have an antiparticle? Uh, does it have an antiparticle or not is something, yes. and that the standard model is based that there is an antiparticle for it is something else. Okay, what, what is it? What is the antiparticle of the, the Higgs boson? Let's go. Maybe a good time for me to tell you folks, we're going to jump into the Q&A soon, but I want to let you know in the meantime, both of our guests okay. are linked in the description. Yeah, the elemental more. particle level bosons do not have an antiparticles. Boom! So if you'd like to hear more from our guests, whether you're listening via the podcast okay. or YouTube, you can find our guests linked below in the description box. Highly encourage you to check out our guest links as we really do appreciate the guests. Thanks so much. Finding truth. Go ahead. Um, would you like to go uh, closing statements? 
if you'd like to. Yeah, I would actually like. Sure. So, yeah. So, um, number one, thank you for having me. Uh, number two, the question of the scientific accuracy of the Quran is actually one of the abuse topics um, on social media and on YouTube. The Quran is there to guide humanity and to prove its veracity as a prerequisite to guiding humanity. Muslims are very distinguished in terms of having a harmony between what they hear about science and what they hear as instruction and guidance from their religion. The Quran makes references to the natural world all the time as part as drawing human attention to the magnificence of the creation and to the wisdom of the creator. It is a condition that while doing those references and those signs, especially when the Quran sometimes, in some occasions, uses them to draw our attention to God's wisdom and that he is putting signs in his book to say that this world is beautiful. I have created it in a magnificent way. I know the way I have created it, that those statements will not contradict with science. There is three possibilities in this case. Number one, that the Quran is talking about something that we have no idea about at all. For example, things that the Quran has referred to at the time of revelation. Or even now, because we know that we only know a little bit about science. We, 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 the more we learn, the more we know that there is much more out there to learn. In this case, the Quran is eloquent enough to put the statements in a way that makes them understandable to the layperson in a way that will relate to the apparent and direct observation around it. And there are so, so, so many examples like that. Like, for example, if he tells you, look at how the earth is made easy for you to live on. Okay, but then he might use a term that relates to making it in a specific spherical way. But the same word has a meaning that it is um, spread. So when the time is people knew nothing about the spherical nature of the earth, they will appreciate that it is easy to walk on, it is spread in front of them. When they understand, now they will, it will draw their attention. Why did he use this word that has a dual nature and two meanings? The other possibility is we know something about science, but our science is wrong. Our science, for example, up to the early 1900s, just this last century, thus 100, just 100 minute, uh, years ago, was referring to a static universe. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran makes a statement that he is the expander of the universe, that the universe started as collapsed together and that he ripped it apart. But a static model for the universe does not lend itself to the, the universe being small and then ripped apart or blown up. It doesn't even lend itself to the universe expanding. So he actually uses a word, that can be understood in a different subtle meaning that makes people pass away, pass on it and not think that it has a scientific meaning. And then the third, and this is part of the eloquence of the Quran. It is the parable that I have said that relates to the scientist who wants to give a speech to three graders, three, um, uh, to people in grade three in school. The third possibility is that we have science that is correct, that is not theoretical models, that is not imaginations or mathematical constructs, that are direct observations and direct measurements. 
and it is falsifiable and it's provable and it is repeatable and it satisfies everything in the scientific method that makes it good science. Now, this kind of third category cannot, will not, and have not ever had any collision with the Quran, and that's why there are still Muslims. That's why there are still Muslims who are standing tight and very sure that the Quran does not only describe their guidance in life, but also gives them the signs that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exists and that he is the creator of the cosmos and of life and of humanity and of our consciousness and souls, and he is going to take it away and we are going to stand in front of him. Now, this position of Islam is consistent whether with the Quran or with uh, other religions that have been brought down from God, except that Islam sees itself as the final revelation and its book as the preserved one. So if there are other religions that have some of that features, it's okay with Islam. However, if some religion or some other um, uh, sacred scripture that Islam acknowledges has an issue, we attribute that issue whether to translation of the people who conveyed it or to human opinions who have interpreted it. At the end of the day, to answer the question whether the Quran is scientifically accurate, the answer is yes. And time. Thank you very much. We'll kick it over to T-Jump for his closing statement as well. Tom, the floor is all yours. So as I gave in my introduction, there are just dozens and dozens of scientific errors as demonstrated in the debate today that show that it is definitely not uh, scientifically accurate. Um, beyond that, it's just a fictional document that people ambiguate to try and fit current scientific data. As always, it's science that makes the progress and religion tries to catch up by making itself fit the science, as always. Uh, nowhere in the Quran does it give us any insights into anything valuable about the world whatsoever. It only you know, just tries to catch up with the scientific progress that we have. It is morally abhorrent. It is scientifically inaccurate. It is pretty much useless as a doctrine to do for anything today. And science is for sure the way to go. And as I demonstrated, it is wrong. And no matter how much um, ambiguous thinking you use, it's still going to be wrong. I'll conclude there. You got it. And with that, we're going to jump into the Q&A. So we're going to go through these quick. And that way we can let the speakers out of here on time. No guarantees on whether or not we're going to get to every single question. So, folks, we're going to try, though. And this one coming in first from Kwani Upstate says, A split moon means someone pulled their pants down and split. Never mind that. Thanks for that. Molly Atat <laughs> says, Eight ayahs call humans, quote, Bani Adam, unquote, offsprings of Adam. In Surah 2, it talks about Adam created in heaven and sent down to earth. In Surah 4, it says we came from one man. Is that scientifically correct? If so, explain evolution, please. Yeah, so I am not actually a proponent, a proponent of unguided evolution. I think unguided evolution is false. Um, even Muslims who accept unguided evolution, um, they accept it because God is in control of the universe. They accept, they accept evolution, but they do not accept the unguided part. Um, so even those who accept that evolution is there do not accept the uh, unguidedness. And um, believe in something called Adamic exceptionalism, that even if God has chosen to create life uh, through guiding chemistry into biochemistry into uh, life, and then he guided evolution of creatures into uh, higher order primates, uh, he actually did create humans directly. 
Now, the, the whole issue is a matter of, uh, of, of your um, ontological beliefs or your metaphysical beliefs. If you believe that God has created the universe, there is no issue that he chooses to create humans in a separate or a special way. It's, it, it, it starts from your worldview, actually. You got it. Dave Dahlia Ford, thanks for your super chat. Says James is the best moderator. Appreciate your support, Dave. And Matthew N says, James, thanks for these debates. And I have to give all credit to the speakers who are linked in the description. You can find both T Jump and Finding Truths link down in the description box, including if you're listening to the podcast. My dear friends, we're on podcast. And if you're listening there right now, I have both T Jumps and Finding Truths link in the description box there too. This one coming in from Wait, wait are you live streaming to a podcast? No, no, no. But for when people are listening to it, it'll oh. be current. And then Neon Nyor, thanks for your question, said, Finding truth, thoughts on Nintendo being a Jesuit company that had the Islamic moon symbol in Zelda 64. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Nintendo can choose whatever it wants. There's its symbol. Juicy. This one's from... Tyler3978 says, Buddhism teaches that the universe has always existed, similar to some of the ideas about the existence of the singularity before the Big Bang. Does this make Buddhism scientific to finding truth? Buddhism does not posit as a religion. Buddhism is a philosophy and a path for self-purification. There are some people that I'm aware of that they call themselves Christian Buddhists, for example. So... I think the Buddha, the Buddha himself might have identified or not identified as a Hindu, but he is known for his philosophy, not for his, not, not as a, not as a separate religion. You got this one coming in from stupid whore energy strikes again, says nah, seven, 71, 15 through 16 says there are seven heavens and the moon is a light. This contradicts scientific consensus, though, finding truth. Okay, so the science is only concerned with one heaven, which is our observable universe. So whether there are more or not is not something that the science actually talks about. However, it is uh, one of the scientific uh, speculations that there are more than one universe. Um, the one more convincing theory, I don't buy this nonsense 10 to the power 500 universes, but I think that the M theory has something to it, which uh, postulates um, eleven dimensions. And if M uh, theory the is correct, about, yeah, clarify, the moon was a light. That was the moon being a light. Was ah, I, I was responding to the seven heavens part. I come to the moon. So if the M theory is correct, then we have eleven dimensions, which is three of time that we know about, uh, three of space that we know about, one of time that makes four. And then seven additional, which would be the, the seven heavens. I, I don't think that there is good reason to believe M theory or not. I'm just saying. Now, the part of the moon. So the moon does show us light at night. And this is one of what Muslims, one of the things that Muslims like to refer to as scientific accuracy of the Quran. Because when the moon is referred to, it is typically in many ayat many verses of the Qur'an um, mentioned in contrast to the sun, where the sun would be a, um, a reference to a siraj, which means um, uh, a lamp, a lamp that is lit, that has fire in it, it has both heat and light, while the moon will be referred to as just nur, only light. So Muslims like to refer to that, that the Qur'an is giving a sign 
that the uh, light of the sun comes with heat because the sun is burning its old fuel through uh, nuclear fusion, while the moon just has light because it's just reflecting what the sun is producing. So actually the ayah that you have referred to is used by Muslims as evidence for the scientific accuracy of the language of the Quran. You got it. And thank you very much for this question. Coming in from Brandy Beckett says, did God make Baal, B-A apostrophe point A-L, and if Baal, maybe it's pronounced Baal, is, and if Baal is made and not a thing, then why is this God talked about in the Bible? Okay, I think you are referring to the Ashurian god Baal, I think. Uh, so this was a, um, a false god that is worshipped in, I think, in Assyria or current Levant. Uh, god made everything. God made everything, but he didn't tell people to create a statue and call it anything and worship it. Okay, So people in that region of the world, they used to uh, uh, worship Baal and Ashtar, and this is the male and female god and goddess. And they are just false gods. Why does God permit people to worship uh, false gods? Because we are here to do these choices. Either we worship the one God who will give us guidance and will put constraints on our life and morality to our life, or we will just create statues that we will worship and even create statues of ourselves and worship our desires. And we live our lives by giving, uh, you know, altars to those statues, whether fulfilling our desires or paying tribute to others to control us. Uh, it is our choice. Uh, so why does God permit it? Because this is the whole point of this life. This one coming in from Anton Gomez. Appreciate it. It says, Finding Truth said, quote, Alif Lam Mim, unquote, at the beginning. Can he explain that, please? So the straight, direct uh, explanation is, the Quran starts by saying this, Alif, ma, alif Lam Mim, al Kitab He mentions three letters of the Quran and says, al Kitab, this book, has no doubts in it. So he says, out of those out of those letters of the alphabet, because in other surahs he uses other letters of the alphabet. So he and he typically then refers to the book. So the direct understanding uh, of the Muslim scholarship and exegetes is that he's saying, here are your letters. Here are the letters that you use to construct your text and your rhetoric. I'm using the same letters, and I'm creating this book that has no doubt in it, has no mistakes in it or it has no something else, or it has something else in another surah. And it's, so it's a kind of challenge. I'm using your same letters, but I'm doing something that is completely unique. Why? Because I am the creator and you're the created. There are other, other more complex and sometimes esoteric explanations of why those specific letters in that specific surah some have done some research about statistical analysis of the occurrence of those specific letters in those specific surahs. Some others have done some either uh, uh, more analysis of whether those surahs relate to the rhyme, those letters relate to the rhyme of the surahs. Some have done some new, numerological studies about the letters. Um, but those remain opinions. The, the, the general, you know, top of your head thing, I'm using the same letters, but you cannot do something like this. You got it, and This one coming in from, do appreciate your question. Want to let you know, folks, if you happen to be a Muslim question or a Muslim guest with a question for Tom, let us know, as we don't purposely set it up so that the Muslim guest, in this case, gets all the questions. Although some, sometimes a speaker can 
considers that an advantage because they, they want to be able to speak more. But I do want to let you know, if you are a Muslim, with a question for Tom, let me know as uh, there just aren't. There aren't any. There haven't been any, and it's not like we're trying to do it that way. We do want to encourage you, if you're a Muslim, please help share this debate. Click that share button below as we do want to have a more well-balanced channel with a lot of Muslims in attendance in the audience. And so we hope you feel welcome no matter what walk of life you are from. URL or your says... Oh, just, just clarify, I need to go to the bathroom real quick. So thank you for telling me that. Be back. No problem. Your says, question for finding truth. Could not a demon put science into a book? Who is more likely to torture sentient beings for eternity with fire, a good god or a vile demon? Yeah, so uh, a demon can put science in a book, but then you will expect that the book will not uh, take you to the path of righteousness, would you? So uh, to verify that this book has um, those uh, uh, um, signs and what is the source, you might, if you would like, to go into a more complex path of saying that this book has something that is superhuman in it, okay? But then by investigating the book uh, itself and what it teaches, then you would you can resolve whether this book has a divine or a uh, devious uh, uh, source. The matter of the fact is that uh, the Quran and Islam has elevated people who were living a savage life, killing each other for nothing, uh, battling each other, slaughtering each other, cutting the roads, attacking each other. This was the status of the Arabian Peninsula when the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, upon him came to that. Maybe the one city that had uh, a relative peace was Mecca because they respected the existence of the Holy uh, Kaaba there. Um, so if you look at that and what Islam did to Muslims and the Islamic civilization that continued for hundreds or more than a thousand years and how it elevated not only Muslims but humanity and how it even integrated other civilizations, Romans, Persians, Greeks, how it resurrected Greek philosophy and Greek sciences and Persian sciences and Roman sciences and Egyptian sciences, how it uh, created a great civilization in Andalusia and uh, Iberia and current Spain and Portugal you cannot uh, easily resolve that this is from any source other than a divine source. You got it, Anne. Thank you very much for your question. This one coming in from Do Appreciate It. Fluffy says, Are you aware that scientific texts or writings avoid interpretations and use the most scientifically correct terminology or otherwise make clear and unique what they are describing? Yes, you are right about scientific texts, and this is why I mentioned in the beginning of my comments <coughs> the Quran is not a scientific paper. Its primary intention is guidance. Its primary intention is talking to the general population. However, it says there, Surely those who fear Allah from his servants are the scientists or people of knowledge. So it has something there for scientists. It has something there for historians. It has something there for archaeologists. It has something there for linguists. It has something there for uh, theologians. It has something there for biologists. It has something there for physicists and mathematicians and philosophers. It is addressing the different um, facets of knowledge because when it refers to people of knowledge, it refers at large. Uh, it has something for cosmologists and astronomers. 
Uh, it is not a small book, and however, it is squeezing there so much that it's amazing that it can has there people for people of uh, legal mentality and people of jurisprudence and 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 law. So uh, yes, um, if you are writing, if you can fathom in your mind that you want to write a book that is a book that addresses the general public, and is primarily a book of guidance and 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 behavior and um, preaching. Uh, and you still want to have signs, uh, you will not use complex language uh, that is not understandable uh, by the book, otherwise it will be rejected. But you can have subtle language that people who are specialists in fields will uh, find them as consolation and as reconfirmation that they are relying on a book that is coming from the creator of the universe. You got it. Anton Gomez strikes again, says... Mr. Modern Day Debates, props for elevating the discourse. I hope you guys get more support. Thanks for that support. We really do appreciate that. And when I, again, pass on the credit to the speakers who are linked in the description, they're the lifeblood of the channel. And so we do appreciate both your support and the speaker's support, as well as Iron Charioteer with the last question. Thanks for your question. It says, is your religion, or if your religion is true, why does Muhammad say he has the sexual stamina of 30 men? So what's the problem with that? Prophet Solomon had uh, like a hundred wives. Gotcha. He, he <laughs> he's just stating a fact. And want to say, folks, I'll be back with a post-credit scene in just a second. We want to let these guys go as they have got a lot going on. We really do appreciate it. They've already been with us for two and a half hours. So thank you very much, T-Jump, as well as Finding Truth. It has been a true pleasure to have you guys here today. Thank you, James. It's been a pleasure too. Thanks, Thanks John. And... Thanks, Tom, for being here. Yep. Shout out to Ahmed. It was fun talking to you. You are a pleasant guy to chat with. Same here. And uh, please don't take any offense from anything that I've said. Uh, I'm oh, just I, enjoy, here. I really enjoyed talking to you. Like uh, You're a lot more uh, fun than Nadir. You're awesome. Thank you. I'm here just finding truth. I hope, I hope, I hope I have properly represented uh, my religion. And please note that what I say is my opinion. It is not necessarily true. What I considered true is the text itself. I can be wrong on some things, uh, but there can be people who will correct me later. And science is not fixed. It's changing and it's getting better. So thank God for that. Juicy to say the least. And folks, I've got to tell you, both of our guests are linked in the description. If you haven't yet, you can click on those links and I'll be right back in just a moment with updates about upcoming debates. So thanks so much. One last time to T-Jump and Finding Truth. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.